space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Sorry You're In My Seat. It's a continuing mission to explore strange new movies, to seek out the very best that film has to offer, to boldly go where many podcasts have gone before. Welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast at United's Best Friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. I'm your host, Aaron, and each week I'm joined by my best buddy, James. Howdy. As we discuss movies and films on our little show called Sorry You're In My Seat. Oh, the little spaceship that could. It is, and this week is a very special episode. It's one of James's favourite film franchises, TV franchises, all-time favourite franchises. It is a special one for me. It is. It's one of my... Go to places. It's obviously it Star is. Trek. There it is. Oh, it's it's, I'm up to it. It's Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Uh, the the movies. Obviously not the TV series. We've gone with the classics this time around, but don't worry. There's 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 opportunity for maybe more podcasts. Uh, if you're not a Star Trek fan, don't worry. We're just gonna you know it, it, it's an informative jolly romp at you know exploring some of these classic movies this isn't like a diehard star trek episode or anything oh like that. no god there's loads of podcasts dedicated out there to the uh to the starfleet they, they you know they do whole seasons on it yeah this, and we are not that no but we are a podcast that explores movies and films on the quest to find the greatest of all time and quite naturally our journey was at some point going to go intergalactic with the star trek franchise it was a good excuse this week to go back and revisit some of the original movies that I haven't seen since. God, I must have been single digits. Oh, that's what we'll get on to. We'll go, because I think they're a childhood film. Yeah, but for but, me, but, most but, definitely. Yeah, exactly. So it's something we can get to. But you know what? Maybe you are a Star Trek fan, so maybe you'll learn something. Maybe this is for you. Which means, hello, my fellow red shirts, to another episode. Cling on. Cling on. Cling on. I mean, I've got the translation from the internet. So, <laughs> so it could be anyway. So I'm so, sorry, sorry if I've offended so half what, the world. <laughs> so everyone in North Korea, we apologise. Yeah, sorry about that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I revisited most of the original movies this week and I've, I can't remember anything about them. You see, to me, they are the quintessential childhood films. I remember these are VHS recorded ones. These are ones that when I watched them with my dad, my dad would read out the subtitles. You know, I've got so many fond memories of them. I love, I love space now. I think space is a cracking place. I love computer games set in space. I love film set in space, TV series set in space. And it all comes from a love of, you know, just the crew of the USS Enterprise, mate, you know, seeking out new lives, new civilizations, having a blast. Mm. Mostly just like Kirk punching people and kissing women. It is quite... An extravagant rewatch, actually. Going back and not remembering anything. That first movie, mate, might as well have been the first time I've ever watched it because I was like, what the fuck is happening here? And I, I could not remember any of it. I remember a bit of Khan. I remember a bit of Search for Spock. Um, and I remember a little bit of the fourth one. But a lot of it was like completely felt like revisiting for the was first time. Was it Alien? It was. Oh. It was. And um, enjoyable in its own weird retro vintage way. Yeah, I get that, yeah. There is something, and I'm going to put this out there right now. Before we go into the films, we'll look at the cast, we'll look at a bit of the history of Star Trek. Oh, mate, um, yeah, we will. Obviously, the TV series that spanned from 66 to 69, then there was a three-year gap before the motion picture came out, uh, and that's where we're going to pick off with um, 
with William Shatner reprising the role of um, of Kirk, Captain Kirk or Admiral Kirk or whatever he gets promoted to in half of these movies. He's an admiral. admiral. And he starts off as Admiral James Tiberius Kirk. Yes, he does. Of course. No, no longer in charge of the Enterprise. And uh, we should say, because it, it's going to be glaringly obvious in the opening minutes, I'm not a Star Trek <laughs> fanatic. I know very little. This This is in a small corner of this podcast, James, of where I feel intimidated because it's not my wheelhouse. Yeah. I do boast that I'm quite knowledgeable with movies, hence doing a podcast. But there have been a couple of episodes now, the musical episodes. Yeah, we were both out of our own. I was completely out of my uh, my depth. Mate, I did Xanadu. (laughs) That's how out of depth I was. And then uh, the, the, um, I can't remember what the other one was. Wrestling? Wrestling, I was certainly out of my depth, yeah. But we had a cracking guest. I mean, she was Frigging phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Kirsten knew everything. She carried it for me. Yeah, she carried <laughs> so, it for us both, mate. So I'm just saying, in this episode, James, you know, get ready. <laughs> get ready to carry this show, because yeah. I know very, very little. But the one thing I will say off the absolute bat, watching one of these movies each night of this week, there's something incredibly calming about just being in the control room of the Enterprise. Yeah, the bridge. The bridge, yeah. There you go. Again, I'm, sorry, I've got to insult no end of Trekkies. <laughs> With my terminology. Trust me, no Trekkies are listening to this. <laughs> so. You say that, mate, but we had a whole fleet of Gerald Butler fans listening to our Gerald Butler episodes. Yeah, it was weird. We, at least we got straight into the bat with this. Yeah. With no, no 20 minutes. But um, there is something incredibly like welcoming, calming. Like, you know, we use the, the term all the time about like, you know, it, it's like a hug. It's like wearing your favorite jumper, your comfortable slippers. There's just something about the bridge. You know, when everyone's at their stations and everyone is, you know, Pretending like they're doing stuff, yes, and just being busy with their hands. I, I do know. I always, I was now that you know, I'm growing old and I've worked a few jobs in my head. I always think that I'm the equivalent of that bloke that's pressing buttons, and then there's an attack and everyone has to do something. I'd be like, I don't know what I'm doing, yeah, I'm just like I'm the guy who's faked it to the bridge. <laughs> I'm the guy who's lied on my CV, and <laughs> just, here we are. I'm being attacked by a Klingon, and I know bugger all, I know nothing, but it is, it, there is something you know, pantomime and romantic about you know. The, the, the 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 series you know that we said kind of spanned from the 60s and into the 70s and and has kind of ventured into all sorts of spin-offs and alternate timelines and reboots and all that kind of stuff but that original bridge you know with william shatner in the chair oh it's a, it's an iconic image yeah and i imagine as an actor it must be really comforting to be like yeah i see it. there's a <laughs> there's a lot of time, i think it's in the second movie you know, there are times where he's like, get out of my chair. You know, <laughs> because someone else is sat in it. Bitch. Yeah, I imagine when he finished his last movie, he took the chair home. <laughs> um, so let's, should, we, should we kick off with some cast? Should we kick off with hey, some of I've, the... I've got a little bit. Do you, want to, do you want to hear me speak some more? All right, go on then. Um, so this is... Star Trek is a science fiction media franchise uh, originally from the 1960s television series created by Gene Roddenberry. The franchise would eventually consist of three seasons of the original, 22-episode animation series, seven series of Next Generation, seven series of Deep Space Nine, the best, seven series of Voyager, Enterprise, which some people like, I didn't, Discovery, which is currently out, Picard, waiting for a second series. They had some short films, that uh, short, they're called Short Trek, short films, the last one leading up to Picard, an animated series that you'd love from the creator of Rick and Morty called Lower Decks. It's on Amazon, it's very funny. Six what we call classic feature films, Four films set in the next generation films. Currently, three Kelvin timeline films with a fourth in, uh, they said, is production. But there's more coming soon. Star Trek Prodigy with um, its animated uh, aimed at kids. And Star Trek New Worlds, which is a spin-off from Discovery. Multiple games, multiple spin-off books and comics, official languages. Klingon is an official language. Star 
Star Trek is this thing that's not going anywhere. It evolves, continually going, mate, and it's all fan-based. So Star Trek is viewed as a very progressive TV series with a fiercely loyal fan base. Star Trek, uh, Star Trek was uh, also one of the very first TV series to be brought back from the brink of cancellation after a writing campaign organised by its fans. Twice. So they would not let that TV series go. Its wild popularity with new audiences led to a resurgence of interest and in the late 80s, which eventually led to the new generation. So uh, basically got syndicated, which was rerun. A lot of people watching the original, so they went, right, John Luke Picard it up. Um, for this week, we are focusing on the original six feature film. So whilst there's a lot, you know, don't want to get too much into it, but to set you the mood, Star Trek is set in the future where humanity has finally got its shit together. <laughs> Roddenberry wanted Star Trek to be aspirational to humanity. He wanted to show he wanted the show to have a progressive a political agenda and wanted to show a world that learned from its past. More specifically, he wanted a world that was anti-war, anti-violence. That's why there's no uh, money. There's no money that exists in the Star Trek universe. Do I'm really worried at one point we'll say Star Wars and just like alienate all of the audience. <laughs> just I'm desperate it's like Star Trek. I definitely won't pick it up, James, <laughs> if you do that. I definitely won't insert a buzzer sound. <laughs> Um, issues depicted throughout the series include war, imperialism, class and social divide, racism, class warfare, which I've got in twice, um, sexism, religion, human rights, and technology. Roddenberry stated, this is a quote, by creating a new world with new rules, I could make statements about sex, religion, and Vietnam. If you talked about purple people on the far-off planet, the television network never caught on. They were more concerned with cleavage. If Roddenberry took him, and originally, this network opposed the Enterprise crew, the original, mm. insisting a racially diverse crew wasn't marketable. So they were up against the uh, network that was, uh, you know, showing this. Because Star Trek, and I may be jumping the point here, was, was the first televised interracial kiss, interracial kiss between yeah. Kirk and Uhura. But it's also got it's got um, a Russian, a, a Japanese uh, pe- uh, person in it. It's it's you know, I can't think. I I never really was a big fan of sixties television. I think this was one of the most diverse casts at the time. Groundbreaking. Exactly. Um, so where are we? Well, we're in the future. In the future, the Earth is in a utopia. After decades of blood-soaked wars, humans met intelligent life after inventing warp drive. Star Trek Next Generation's first contact, I'm just saying. Uh, they form, eventually, the United Earth Government, and by the early 22nd century, humanity manages to wipe out most poverty, disease, hunger, and cruelty, leading to the formation of the Federation. Mm. And, they, and they created Starfleet. They built the USS Enterprise. Boom. There you go. That was that was that was a bit. So they they've they've perfected Earth. They've perfected it, mate. So it's now time. it's about going out and, and perfecting to find... elsewhere. You see, not forcefully though. It's about uniting people. Mm. And so they, the Vulcans join the Federation. That's why it's Federation, Federation, mate, of, of many people, coalition. Mm. So it's it's based on a world without money, without greed. And it's something that we get onto when we start talking about the films. Whereas I think on a TV series it works. However, maybe the movie it doesn't work. Anyway, so it's a, a science based thing. It's not always about action. Hmm. Yeah, that first film is a testament yeah. to that. <laughs> right. Let's meet. Let's meet the. Let's meet the crew. We'll start off with the captain, James Tiberius Kirk, played by William Shatner. Bold, adventurous, ladies' man, man of all trades, mate. Come on, everyone loves a bit of James T. I, from what I do remember from the TV series and researching ahead of this week's show, he he plays Kirk different in the series to what he does in the movies. Yeah. In the well, he's, si- he's an admiral in a film, mate. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> he's quite a bit better, yeah. yeah. No, but there's, there's a change in acting style, isn't there? <laughs> the TV is very, like, over the top it, because it's short, you know, yeah. miniseries, you know, shorter episodes, shorter adventures. He's a lot calmer 
slower, methodical in the movies. Apparently, he's a, he was a nightmare, though. He's, he's always been a nightmare. Do you remember, you know, from Galaxy Quest, and it's all based on his ego. You know, everything was about him. That's what it, And apparently, at the movies, it got worse. So he himself got worse. Like he wanted everything on him. And don't worry, it's time will come. We'll, we'll talk but, about it. Cracking sideburns. Mate, I just think that I... <laughs> I'm going to say now, I don't think William Shatner, I think William Shatner in the later series, like um, later years, some stuff like Boston Legal, he's a very good actor. Back then, let's be honest, he wasn't good. Yeah. He, he was just kind of, it was like your uncle, <laughs> me and an alien trying to have sex with it. It was, it was weird. I I never really, the TV series for me never really like inflamed me. I was never, I didn't really like Kirk. I was like, what's McCoy up to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Shatner, I don't think Shatner in the movies is as womanizing and no, he's sexually not. driven as as I think history portrays him to be. I think yeah. I find him quite calm in particularly in the first three movies, which are kind of more centralized around his love for Spock if, if more than anything. Yeah, his love for Spock is the best. Yeah. Let's say friendship. <laughs> <laughs> love, friendship, you know, yeah, hand in hand. But um yeah, Shatner Shatner's really weird because there, I mean, it's it's also because of the time. Like this movie was what, like seventy two, wasn't yeah. it? And the you know the fight scenes when he throws a punch, it, none of it really is that convincing. But again, it's fucking charming. It is pantomime. It do, I think it's realistic. Is I like it. <laughs> what I love is is the editing has never really been that good, and that's Thunder. Well, he worked hard, mate. <laughs> but he looks nothing. It's like the face off Thunder. They don't look anything like no. each other. One of them's fit, the other one's a fat middle-aged man. And that's not a dig at him because you've had a great career, but... And in the TV series, they had the old, you know, if you wore red, you died kind of thing. Yeah, the red shirts, which became a popular term, which is still used to this day. It's red shirts. Red shirt means you're going to die. But in the films, everyone wears red. Well, that's the, that's the uniform. So the uniform's changed in the original TV series, Command wore... Actually, I think in one series, they wore green anyway. They're gold. They're golden, yeah. Red is... Uh, well, actually, it does change the next generation because... Red is security, which is why they die. But then they became command. Who's uh, blue then? Like worker. Science. 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 There you go, science division. Spock, so what was, Spock like, was science officer. Yeah, yeah, true, true. And cool. uh, Bones obviously was a doctor, science. What about um, Scott? Scott, it was red engineering. I think it was engineering and security. It's a front line. Yeah. Could have took a bullet. Mate, he could have taken money. Well, here's the thing about the original series. It was Scotty just got into fights constantly. Mm. There you go. And the Klingons, because of makeup, didn't have like those weird, the ridges that they have that everyone associates them with. They were just blokes <laughs> with long hair. <laughs> yeah. Which actually comes up, which is the reason, you know, I've got a nerd out now. Enterprise season one. See that? That explains it. Just before, oh, sorry. God, we, we're going to go off on so many tangents. I feel here. so ill right now. <laughs> what was, what was the, uh, the TV series you said was the best one? Deep Space Nine. Why? So I'm going to try and put it, I hear this a lot in podcasts. Right. Do you remember X-Files? Yeah, yeah. So do you remember X-Files used to do Monsters of the Week? Yeah. And then they had a ongoing storyline. So there would be what we call a conspiracy episode. Yeah. Star Trek always had like one-off episodes. So the biggest one was uh, the next generation was like Picard would do something in one episode and everything was forgotten about. There was never really continuity. They did have two parts, but once they were done, they were never kind of referenced again. Yeah. Everything was like that. I believe it's called serial drama when every episode is linked to each other. Deep Space Nine is about, there's a, it's not set, in, it's not set on a ship, it's set on a space station next to a wormhole going into a, like a, an uncharted period of space. But what you get is, um, there's these bad guys called the Cardassians. They recently invaded a- Cardassians? Uh, Cardassians, yeah. The Cardassians. Right. Right, there is okay. a difference. <laughs> is there? There's one less R. <laughs> 
And I believe it's spelled with a C, not a K. <laughs> One's good with selfies, the other's fucking aliens. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And they, there was, there was, oh, flipping out, mate. Why do you make me always make, make me nerd out? There's a planet called Bajor. Mm-hmm. And the Cardassians yep. <laughs> invaded and mm-hmm. enslaved people. Right. And the, um, basically the Bajor, the rebellion, yep. they, they rose up against them and drove them out. But because they don't want the Cardassians, fucking now you've got me saying it, the Cardassians to come back, do a deal with the United Federation of Planets and they come in and help them with the intent that in a few years, Bajor will join the Federation. Uh, and then whilst that's happening, they send a commander, because he wasn't a captain, he was a commander, Benjamin Sisko, um, the first black uh, captain, uh, well, not captain, I just said that, commander, lead character in, and uh, he's there with a uh, with what I think is the best cast. So the surrounding officers, were, I think, were the best of any TV series. And their continuous storyline is kind of like a, a mirror of World War II. Um, so the like, Bezier has to rebuild. Mm-hmm. But they also, part of them don't want to join the Federation because they've only just got their independence back. It's, and it continues like that. And it's got great characters. The secondary characters are some of them. There's a character called Garrus, who's a Cardassian, mm-hmm. who lives on the station because he's been thrown away by his own people. Turns out he was an, an old assassin for hire. Obviously. So it's all very good fun. And it's got a very good bad guy called Ducat. And he's very good. I really like that. And Wayun. And he brought out the Dominion. Like, mate, I'm going to nerd out now. Right? So the Dominion are kind of like the opposite of the Federation. You have to join the Federation. The Federation is all about acceptance and letting you in. The Dominion dominated you. They forced you to join the Dominion. Yeah, there you go. Deep Space Nine is the best. I thought he was just going to say, like, Bigger budget, bigger bangs, no more explosions, better effects, better storyline, better acting, better characters. Victory sit. So back to this then. So we've got William Shatner as uh, James T. Kirk. I think next with that you got to talk about Spock. Uh, and, uh, Nimoy in in the, maybe the most popular character to come out of Star Wars. So I fucking oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mate, when Spark killed the Emperor, I was, <laughs> just fucking go for it now. It's been broken. Um, right, so logic. Half human, half Vulcan, all man. <laughs> <laughs> he was weirdly, because he's supposed to be like the giant nerd, but he's the one that everyone loves because he was the coolest. No emotion. Pointy ears. Didn't Point give a ears. shit. Everyone knew about them ears. No one cared. And he was also the laziest design of an alien. <laughs> he's, he's not a human. Give him ears. I don't give a toss. Yeah, I was... Again, so like watching the films, revisiting the films, like the whole like how he kind of rejoins, you know, the fleet and everything. I was like, I, I was like, I can't remember the TV series to know the backstory as to why he's back in Vulcan and and, and now he's replacing a science officer that obviously gets taken out. Oh my god, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that in oh. some of the laziest writing you've ever seen. So I think Spock is the talisman. He's the one that you remember. Yeah. I remember when in uh, we're not talking about, but you know the reboot. Mm. There was more interest in who was playing Spock than any other character. There was, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah and it went Zachary Quinta. It went Zachary Quinta, and a lot of people didn't like it, but then after the first one, they're like, no, uh, flesh out, yeah, flesh he, out. He does, he does certainly capture... The thing is about Leonard, because I'm good friends with him, is he could speak for hours, and I would listen. He's got such a captivating voice. Mm. I think his presence, bearing in mind that I only really know him from these films, but at the same time, I imagine that he's one of the most fascinating people to talk to mm. and i'm basing this on six movies and three tv series what about forrest kelly as a uh, dr mccoy uh, my favorite character i've got my note here moaning bastard yeah he is the straight man isn't he he is he's not impressed by anything i'm a doctor not an engineer well, i'm a doctor not a mechanic i'm a doctor not a bricklayer i'm a doctor not an escalator i'm a doctor not a coal miner 
And his introduction into the motion picture, 70s king. <laughs> it's like the future didn't happen. Literally came out of it came out of a Bee Gees music video. <laughs> and he doesn't really do anything other than just be angry and he doesn't, passive aggressive until he, the third movie. His job is to be a dick. Like yeah. in the first one, it's to follow follow characters around and go, you shouldn't have done that. It's like, thank you, narrator. You also get the feeling that he's a bit of a jealous ex-girlfriend because the second <laughs> the second Spock turns up in the first movie, yeah, he's, he's done. like, oh, I'm, I'm number three again, am I? But... <laughs> Well, I love about their friendship as well. It's like, there's a there's a period of love, mate. There's love there, but at no point do they show it. <laughs> you, that would, that you've really good. got to look for it. <laughs> that would be great if he said to Kirk, "He's like, oh, I'm, I'm number three, am I?" And he's like, "Never silly number four, what?" <laughs> <laughs> because in comes Scotty. I think the most quoted character in, in Star Trek history. I can't do it, Captain. And it, everyone, everyone says, when you sing, when someone Sorry, says, Scottish listeners. <laughs> well, I've already offended pretty much everyone, so it's your turn now. I thought it was all right for Scottish. Yeah, it was all right, yeah. Did come out Jamaican, like all my other accents. Um, I think the most quotable. I think everyone... Do you know what? I don't know if you remember this. N-Power. I don't even think they were called N-Power then. Do you remember the advert where... Is that boy, boy band? Oh, no, it was, it was like a power distribution in, in England. Yeah. Um, it was a commercial empower yeah, yeah was it ever, and he's like he's, he's like beam me up scott he's like i couldn't i did not have the power <laughs> and they die <laughs> because he didn't have switch because he didn't switch service to power. so uh, no i really like uh montgomery scott uh, the character is brilliant different i do think he becomes a comedy garbage towards the end which irritates me a little bit yeah a lot of it is like oh we haven't seen him for a while let's just cut to a scene of him being an idiot yeah yeah especially yeah. you haven't so suppose you haven't seen fifth and six because this is me trying to convince you to maybe give him a try but, yeah so um, i've seen up until four this week and the, the big question is should i continue and the fifth one ruins him for me right. he's terrible in the fifth one he literally he, his job is to walk into a post that you, you surely you could see he, i'm gonna spoil this for you utters the famous line, I know this ship like the back of my hand, walks straight into a pole and knocks himself out. And that's when I was like, eh. George Takai. Breakout star? Sulu's no one's favourite. What I've got here is, my notes for uh, Takai, is the one you want to go out for a beer with. <laughs> <laughs> he is the most, he's pretty badass when he wants to be. And he, there's a scene in the film that you obviously, where he, he's wearing a leather jacket, we had not put his hands through the arms and he just kind of like sways it around like a cape. <laughs> I, I think he was king on set and, and there are a lot of scenes because of how the bridge is set out where um, it, it's quite an unusual premise as well because your main star is actually in the background yeah, and in the foreground where the camera's positioned, you obviously have two, you know, normally it's... Uh, Chekhov. Chekhov and Sulu so, yeah. in this instance. There's a lot of scenes where Kirk's talking or he's pouting in the chair thinking and in the foreground is Sulu, and he is mincing, and he's fucking <laughs> loving it. And it's just so good to watch. I don't blame him. Have you? I've read his book, his biography. He's such a fascinating yeah. guy. My only favourite thing is he showed up in this, and he showed up in uh, Command and Conquer Red Alert 3. <laughs> I think he showed up in the jungle in, in Amos Let Me Get Me Out of Here Did as well. he? Oh, everyone's got a death <laughs> <Yeah>. note, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Enterprise money started to dry up. <laughs> <laughs> oh... There's no credit. There's no money in the in, in Star Trek, but there is in the jungle. Oh, it's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? <laughs> right. Um, who else you got? So after Sulu, I'll go with his partner in crime. Go Pavel Chekhov, played by Walter Koning. Um, my notes, the only thing you remember is him saying nuclear whistles. <laughs> That's literally it. What I love about this is the backstory is he wasn't in the original TV series. He was in season two. And the reason for that was because they brought out series one and the Russian people said, well, what about the first 
person in space was rushing. There's no cover. And do you know what Eugene Rodney? He apologized. He went, I'll sort that out. That's a good point. So you hired a man from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he from Chicago? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Well, okay. You put on like a really bad accent then. I mean, we're not going to talk about him now, but obviously Anton Yelchin took the part of Chekhov, didn't yeah. he? In the, in the, in the, um, and in the Kelvin and the, yes. trilogy. The yeah, reboot. The Kelvin timeline. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. They go through a wormhole or whatever. Why is it called the Kelvin timeline? Uh, no, he, I don't. I don't. his grandfather, isn't it? JJ Abrams' grandfather. That's the ship. Yeah, but he called ship. it after that. Yeah, after, yeah. No, it, because that ship obviously didn't get destroyed in in this one, and it does in this one, leading to Kirk's death. Which, uh, you're right. I did no point. To it. You were right. Well done. All right. What's the time? Yeah, no, <laughs> you can't remember it. Can you? No, I don't want to be a dick. I don't want to be a dick. Michelle Nichols, um, the one holding the shit together. <laughs> well, what, like, what I love about it, she never seems to have a job. Until no one's doing that job, it's like I'll do it. I'll just I'll do fucking everything in this shit hole. <laughs> I do like as well. It's like she has an earpiece. Yeah, no one else has an earpiece. No, but there are there are some beautiful scenes though where it just cuts to just single frame of her and she just says something completely irrelevant. Yeah, uh, my favorite thing is she's the communications officer, so it's, it's her job to you know communicate with unforeseen you know species and things like that. But they've all got universal translators, which is essentially her job to repeat everything you already know. <laughs> So I always feel bad for her because she is badass. And you bought the lowest point of film five is is she's involved in that. Bless her. Because I was right, uh, Michelle Nichols. Because I always used to think I was saying the name wrong because I was like, obviously someone's typed it wrong. Yeah. Michelle, it's Michelle. <laughs> but it's not. Turns out I'm just an idiot. Is there anyone else? Uh, there's some bit parts, but no. I think that they, when you think about the crew, they're the crew. They're going to hold you together, mate. They're going to take you through thick and thin. Talking of thin. First film. It's right. Right. So first off, we talked with May movie poster month. Yeah. I'm a May Star Trek. This one didn't make it because I know Rafa Khan did. Yeah. I, I wanted to keep it one to franchise because my favorite Star Wars poster wasn't one that I picked in the end because mm. I like the one we're shooting into. Anyway. Yeah. It's, I, it's an iconic poster. The motion picture, Star Trek, the motion picture poster is, is, is brilliant. It is so iconic, isn't it? Yeah. I went so this is the this is the one I went in going I cannot believe I can't remember anything about the original Star Trek movie and then when I watched the movie I was like that's probably why it's the one I've watched the least of them all I just I do you know what I if you make a film that's bad but stuff happens I'm a part of me is okay with it because at least you tried if you show me a film where nothing happens (laughs) that's on you it's very sciencey um. The history behind this, though, is because obviously it was cancelled, and they wanted to get a second. They wanted to get a second series because of the success of Star Wars, and they no doubt it was, it was <laughs> so. They this was supposed to be the selling point. They were like, "We'll bring this up. We'll get renewed interest." I oh my god, mate! I can't. My notes for this are like an alien entity type cloud thing. That's yes. not good. Travels through the cosmos on a course for Earth. Spock, who is about to splurge all his emotions out of his body, senses this. And fucks off. He's got a connection to it. I, but th- that's never explained. No. Admiral Kirk takes over the Enterprise, demotes the current captain. I like that though. S- fucking slaps <laughs> Decker down. Instantly kills two people in a transporter and yeah, then turns true. to the person and says, it's not your fault. No, it's not because you took over the controls. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> that that scene as well. The scene when um, when he and DeForest are... Bones. 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 The scene when them two go to the Enterprise 
and they know the people making Star Trek know. Oh, Scotty, when it's showing around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Scotty, sorry. Yeah. They know their selling point of this movie is the magnificent. It looks brilliant. Yeah. And Does it look brilliant for eight minutes, though? <laughs> they do a lap of honor, don't they, around the Starship Enterprise, where, like, they could have just gone straight to the port that they got to get to. Yeah, but they no. do this long lap around it. A slow, long lap. And it is like showing off one of their prized possessions, which is the the ship. The yeah. ship is gorgeous. It's, it's such an iconic It's my favorite Enterprise. Design. Yeah. yeah. And they just do this massive lap, and you're like, God, just get on fucking board. <laughs> like, they show you it from every angle. Well, what I love about this is remember that Kirk throughout the rest of the film says, we, you need to get to warp. We've only got two days to stop this. Spends <laughs> three hours pissing about, not doing anything. But also, bad choice here. When they show you the scene and they show like the close-up of the side, you know, oh, look, there's its port in the cell. Oh, look, there's the second port in the cell. It then cuts to those two doing the same face, implying that those two have been stood there with their mouths open for about 45 minutes doing nothing. <laughs> it's not... It's The the effects are not uh, not forgiving, really, in the, no. the time that it's been. But it was, you know, it was from a, from a certain time. But, yeah, and then, and then obviously Shatner Kirk takes over the ship and straight away yeah. just... Fucking kills people, apparently. And then, after he's killed two people, and accuses, he's like, not your fault, it's not your fault. He then takes over the ship, and he says, because I know, here's the, re- the reason he is, he wants to take out, he wants to take on this probe, he's taking over the Enterprise because he got experience with the Enterprise. Decker, the current captain, of the, pre- uh, the president of the Enterprise, says, no, you don't, it's like a brand new ship, hence why you circled it for 60 fucking hours the other day. <laughs> you couldn't find the door. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking knob. <laughs> um... <laughs> he, he puts them in war and they, they're headed straight for an asteroid and Kirk don't know what to do <laughs> so he's killed two nearly kills fucking everyone else then takes Decker into a room and basically accuses him of like why are you why are you fronting to me it's just like because you fucking nearly killed everyone you prick what are you stepping up for <laughs> Decker's like because I don't want to die you dick <laughs> Um, and then I love it. Spock comes back on board yeah, because he because he knew because it's quicker it's quicker for the for him to get from the other side of the galaxy to Earth than it is for them to go that way <laughs> <laughs> to, to to circle the fucking Enterprise. Uh, and shows up and Decker gets demoted again, <laughs> but this time it's right because people like Spock. So he's like, it'd be a privilege. <laughs> uh, insert another character now whose name I can't believe I've not written um, as the love interest, but for Decker. So they've got previous history. Um, that's nice. Although it's a really weird... Did you hear what she said when she came in? So she comes onto the bridge and Captain says, Captain Kirk, Admiral Kirk says, hello. And she goes, my record of celibacy is on fire. And you're like, okay, I've missed some. <laughs> it's Ilya, isn't it? Yeah, Ilya. His, his body eventually gets taken over. Mate, spoilers. So Percy's <laughs> combatter. Oh, okay. I thought she did an okay job in it for basically being nothing because that's the whole point of it because then she says... So then she gets... Then they meet the entity, they communicate with it. The first film, the first time I've ever noticed that her actually does something, <laughs> bless her, that's related to her actual job as opposed to every other fucker's job. Comms. Comms. Comms an engagement lead. Sends and out a tweet. So you so you thought it was bad when they circled the Enterprise. I'm going to give you a 12-minute scene where they just slowly go forward. Yeah. Music's epic. The music is good. And, and visually, okay. For that time, for that time, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, but it's like it's trying to be 2001 space, like an art piece. And it was just like you were essentially moving from point A to point B in the slowest way imaginable. 
Yeah, the, I mean, at the beginning, when you see the Klingon ship get taken out by this thing, it fires like a, a, like a disintegrator yeah, and beam at him. That is pretty cool. When you, when you the audience member, I, I can never remember the term. Someone vaporizes them. No, no, I mean in, in film where you, the audience member, know something that the people in the film do not know. I can oh, never okay. remember what it's bloody called. But um, there is that trepidation in there. They're, like, they're going into a trap that it's going to happen. They kind of evade that um, because they do make communication. And then there's this bit where I, I was rewatching this week. I was really interested to be like, what is in the center of the cloud? Because they know there's a entity. It's in there's, the middle of this cloud. But you can't hell, get it takes ages to get in. It there. takes so long. And even when they get there, they still don't actually get there. No. They don't get to where they're going because they get so I don't understand this as well. They stop. Like a lightning probe gets on board, kidnaps did we say Elia? Uh, Ilya, yeah. Ilya, kidnaps Ilya. That is the entity, isn't it? That, that that's that force. Yeah. That like we kinda of like I don't know, takes it. Well, what I'd like to point out, what I don't understand about here, is fucking Kirk takes it quite easy. He's like, oh, okay. He's just like, oh she she's dead. And everyone's like, yeah, all right, cool. He's <laughs> having a really bad day. <laughs> Fucking demoted twice. <laughs> and his missus has just been taken over <laughs> by a cloud entity. I love the fact that she then shows up later with something weird on her throat. Don't question it. Mm. Just, she gets teleported, but now she's the embodiment of the entity that's inside. So what you're thinking now is, oh, they've got a chance now to talk to this being, let's call itself like Virgil. Or v- Vigia. Vigia, yeah. Vigia, yeah. Um, God, get around then. Sorry, mate. I've embarrassed myself. What I'd like to point out is, like, so they now can talk to this entity personally. So they can go, you're all right. Don't blow up Earth. <laughs> do, 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 exactly. <laughs> So Spark decides to go into space. <laughs> Fucking go to the center of it. It's like, you dickhead, turn around. <laughs> it's on the fucking ship, you knob. Oh, fucking. So he mind melds with it, and that's a brilliant scene. Mind melding is, is a cop out. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's fucking scientists. It's like, how are we going to get from point to it? Fucking mind meld. Don't, don't give a toss. Yeah, there's a there's a few Vulcan tricks. Also, what's it, the Vulcan pinch? Or yeah, whatever. because if you don't want to fight, it's a nerve pinch done. Yeah. <laughs> Just I'll see you later. Here's the equivalent of cheat codes. <laughs> um, mind melds with this thing. Turns out that, you know, it's it's. And I really do like this. It's intelligent life, AI intelligent life. So it's not, there's no like human element to it. There's no core. It's trying to find the creators. Think that's actually pretty good. You know, storyline-wise, I actually think, oh, that's quite interesting because it's science-based. It is missing a kind of villain though because it's not, because it mirrors the TV series. It's an entity that's trying to find answers to existence, which you could argue that's what the original series is about, is out them, you know, to boldly go where no man has gone before. That's what Kirk says. He, he, they want to travel, you know, the limit of exploration. That's cool. So you've got like this mirror. I quite like it. However, nothing fucking happens. It's one of the boring experiences I've ever seen. And ultimately it boils down to just realising that it has no purpose. Yeah. It's the kind of, it, it kind of gets bored to death itself. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so there's two scenes which I absolutely love, absolutely love because they're so shit. It's when Spock's on the bridge crying because it can feel the the v- pain, but they explain it's a computer program, so I don't know where that's come from. <laughs> it can feel these things that you know the toaster can't, but okay, that's fine. And then the th- and then ultimately, fuck it, ruining it. Don't watch this film. Is it turns out it's Voyager Six, which is I. I thought it was brilliant. It lands on a it lands on a computer homeworld. Go after going through a wormhole. Don't worry about it. Science. It evolves. It wants to find its creators, thinking that it comes from a long line of proud ovens. <laughs> comes to Earth, finds these humans. Goes. That's why it's going to Earth to kill them because it thinks it's you know they killed its creators. So it's kind of like a war on heaven. A war. On, finds out that humans created it. Has a bit of a breakdown. Goes. All right. I won't kill the world if I can join with one of you. Takes Decker. 
Decker's kind of like absorbed into the machine. And, and Spock says, Decker's like, I can't fucking get any lower. <laughs> it's like, what's happening here? It's like, well, there, is, there is nothing slight. Like... <laughs> That's brilliant, right? He's just... So he gets absorbed into the machine. And then the last scene, Spock on the bridge says to Kirk, he goes, have we just seen the birth of a new life? And Kirk's like, I think so. Never mentioned again. <laughs> never again. It's like this huge plot point that never fucking comes up. Brilliant. Absolutely adored it. Actually talking about it, I think I enjoyed it more than I did thinking about it. There's a scene when, when, and we, I don't even know if we've pronounced his name right once, Virgia yeah. comes on board the ship the initial time in the body or in the shape of Ilya's uh, yeah. character. That is really fucking cool in a sci-fi film cool. because she's just walking around being like right so you're you know you're the humans then are you and, and everyone's like suspicious of it but they're curious about it and Decker takes it out for lunch though I liked that yeah there, there is a yeah there is that yeah <laughs> just don't blow up humans let's have a salad <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. His day got worse. He had to pay for it. <laughs> it's just like the worst day that anyone's ever had. <laughs> that is the worst day at work. Yeah. So do you know what I don't like? Do you know what? I really don't like the costumes in this film. So we went from like the solid like color shirts to these kind of like weird utopian, like unisex pastels. Now I know you're a fan of beige tea, but a beige starship, nah. Yeah, you're right. And certainly by the third movie, they, they, I really like the uniforms after that. Improved. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kirk being a dick, just what an arsehole. He, he doesn't lives, come across as the hero, he does he? Doesn't he comes across, and he even gets called out. Decker says, "Do you remember when I took over your ship and you said you'd do anything to get back in the spaceship?" And here you are, literally demoting me twice in the space of thirty minutes. You utter melt. <laughs> um, the slow shots of oh, mate, please tell me you saw this. I hope you did this. So there's a long scene that we've mentioned where the ship, where the little the little ship goes around the big ship. Then you see it very slowly leave the solar system, very slowly. Interspliced with that, there's a random scene of a door closing and a guy just gets in. And then you're supposed to action scene. <laughs> <laughs> so very little actually happens in this film. There is no villain. There's no stand-up villain. Like, the villain itself is, is kind of acceptance. Like, maybe we should have just, you know, sat it down, had a cup of tea. It did, it did go for the, you know, where is... Star Wars was full of cowboys and pirates yeah. in space. This was like, this is the sophisticated sci-fi movie from the 70s. And it certainly played its strengths on, you know, theoretical concepts versus all out guns blazing, lasers and shit like that. And and they're both pantomimes in their own right. Oh, yeah. You know, Star Wars may be more so for its storyline, but definitely Star Trek for his acting. I think Star Trek was, I'm, I believe they were just like up and those is like, ooh, we'll, we'll make some art. You know, space is beautiful. And as a kid, that scene, as an adult, I'm like, oh God, it takes so long. But at the same time, as a child, I think that might have been the first time I said it. I was like, oh my God, I love space. Space is freaking awesome. When am I going to get to space? Very... You don't get to explore the Enterprise a lot in this movie, though. There's no. a lot of the bridge. There's a lot of um, kind of corridors leading to Kirk's private quarters. Which is quite small when you actually get in there. When she shows up in the shower <laughs> or wait, or the cupboard, yeah, she come, she's in a room <laughs> somewhere. In his, he's very small. It could be anything. She just shows up. And I love that scene where he just looks at her like, scary. <laughs> and I'd like to point out, the security in all Star Trek was a fucking useless. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the helmets that they wear? That's <laughs> the point I was going to make. In the <laughs> what third, is the point in that mate, just jumping ahead in the third one, they call the security and they stood outside and Kirk, I was thinking, why are you, yeah. why are you there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like they were late for the fucking NFL. <laughs> That's what I mean, that, that NFL from the 50s. 
I do I do like Star Trek the Motion Picture as a as a just revisit it every now and again. Like certainly this is the first time in years that I've seen it. And it I mean, don't get me wrong, if it was between this and any other film, I probably <laughs> would have watched anything else. But it is it is it is good. Now, certainly Star Trek two, Wrath of Khan. Oh mate, picks up the pace really significant. Well, Gene Volleby got got kicked to the curb. It was like, right, we tried your way. Fuck right off. Well, this, this again, not making the comparison to Star Wars too much, but this is like the George Lucas figure. It's like, you've done enough. <laughs> Thank you. Time program. for you to leave. <laughs> oh. um, outfits, suits, costumes, just so much better already. I Already, I like the naval feel of them. I, mm. They are my favourite. Of them all, these are my favourite. The kind of the red... I like the fact that you can unclip it. Maybe like like the idea that hair uh, air can like get in, cool, cool you down. Yeah, if you just want to just reveal yourself slightly, just slightly. Yeah, the starship is you looking. I'm not working. Why? Because I've just unclipped. Yeah, this, it's this just shoulder like, piece. I'm done. Yeah. It's like, oh, you off duty? I sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do apologize. Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. The Genesis device is the ultimate terraforming device. I use the word device in two sentences. I apologize. The Starship Reliant is scouting test planets to see if Genesis is, is truly, you know, the shit. Chekhov is now on the Reliant. He beams down. He beams down with Captain Tyrell, and they start searching this planet. It's a bit dusty. It's a bit crappy. Perfect for Genesis, mate. Perfect. Do you know Tyrell? Um, I've watched it. I was like, fuck it. Terminator One. The cop. He's the cop, isn't he? He's, he's the, the one who he he's, he's doesn't believe as much as, um, obviously, the other cop is. Um, I don't know. I, I have Waylon. He played Waylon. Waylon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, that's going to irritate me. He's like, And also, I'm thinking Hellraiser. <laughs> isn't that a really shit one with the. I'll get it. I'll get it. And the shy surprise, they only bump into Khan Noonan Singh. A genetically engineered tyrant who was exiled by Kirk. Now in the TV series. In the TV series. So this film, uh, this film has got nods to the TV series that you can see because you find out that Kirk has a son in this one. And the believe the doctor showed up in the TV series that he impregnated to the birth of his child. So if this is one of these films that if you've actually watched the TV series, you get more from it. However, I think the film does a good job of letting you know who Khan is. Now, Montiban. Oh, Ricardo Montiban. Is that his name? Anyway, Lance Henriksen's the other guy. That's what I was trying to remember his fucking name. Um, right, he uh, sorry, Khan and his crew take over the Reliant, learn of Genesis, and attack an outpost to get it. The Enterprise, on a training exercise nearby, is ordered to investigate. Now, the reason the the reason I want a training exercise is because Kirk is still an admiral, so therefore not in charge of a starship. Mm. So they needed him to be out there. So they're on a training mission. So Spock is technically the captain. I don't know if you remember that at the beginning. It hits his lead. But as soon as they get different missions, the highest ranking officer is in charge. Therefore, he, it's he, Kirk. Because, they, yeah, there is that training simulation yes. at the beginning, isn't there? There's that big thing. Which, how did you pass? It's impassable. It is impassable. So it's called the Kobayashi Maru. Of course it is. That's, I was just about to say that. Uh, and it is is no one's ever passed it before because it's, it's supposed to teach Starfleet officers that not every uh, scenario has a out, uh, good outcome, except for one person. But no one, they never say how Kirk defeated it. It's cheated. He, he does he tell cheated, him. Cheated. Yeah, 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 he tells him. Yeah, he, he cheated because he, he said the lesson to be learned was in the uh, he just did it. So <laughs> he just he just cheated. Here's the thing, right? So Khan, this is the thing I didn't get when I was watching this one again this week. Okay, Khan isn't there looking for the Genesis device or anyway. He's just there. So uh, Alpha Centauri Four. Now I could be getting this. I know wrong. he's banished there. No, he's banished there. 
one of the nearby planets explodes. Killed his wife. Basically, so he was exiled. So in a TV series, he they're all genetically modified, so they're like perfect humans. And then they froze themselves, got to the future, tried to take over the Enterprise. Kirk found them, stopped them, banished them to this planet, which was habitable. Lush gardens, everything he said, you can live your life here, but because it's Star Trek, you're not going to take my back and shoot him like old yellow, <laughs> which he should have done. <laughs> like he did the Just demoted him and took over his ship and then love of his life died. <laughs> and what happened was a nearby uh, planet exploded, causing like this dust and devastation. However, with that planet destroyed, Alpha Centauri 4 was now Alpha Centauri 3. Mm-hmm. They thought they were going to 3 when in reality they were going to 4. So that's the planet they were exiled on. So they, went, they, they went there by accident? They went there by accident. They check f- off your dick. It, absolute check. But because the planet was no longer there, they counted and went one, two, three. Assumed that was it. That, when that's it, how science works. Yeah, just count the planets. <laughs> it just... I shouldn't... But so Khan's got a chip on his shoulder because he was exiled by Kirk in the and TV wife, series. 15 and, years later, now his wife's dead. Yeah, and he's been living in sand apparently and he doesn't like sand. And he doesn't, he, he just gets everywhere. Just coarse, it's dry. He somehow got some sort of worm though. Yeah, so he's, he's freaking out. He's, he's, he's like, he's fine, it's apart from these mind-altering leeches. I do find that weird that, that how did he know that's what they did? Just we didn't just eat it. Yeah. It just went. Oh, they they well, they like, control your mind. It's not the first person that tugged on a cow's udder, though, isn't it? It's like, oh, what no. were they looking for? And then the person who drank it, pioneer, mate. History, yeah, but, history, because at the time, pervert. <laughs> so history is good to everyone. But yeah, I, I this the, I remember watching this movie, and you know the bit when they put it in the helmets and they make them wear the helmets. Yeah, I was like, shit. I remember this is from a kid. I remember that scene. Because that, because this is the thing with the Star Trek, another thing to talk about is that they kept the ratings low. Even though people died, even though there was, even there was yeah, threats, they weren't like there was gory danger, or anything. They weren't gory. And they did it in a way that if they held them down and put the leeches in their ear, it would have been more threatening, intimidating, and probably scarier for young audiences. Yeah. Like the idea of, it was it's, like... They put them in a helmet and then just put the helmet on them. And it like, it's like in Hook when they put them in the boo box, yes. mate. <laughs> the what? Do you know what I was thinking about? The boo box, which is essentially the killer box. <laughs> where Glenn Close goes. Yeah. <laughs> when she's playing a man. I just think that's really weird. It was like, ooh, the boo box. Oh, you mean the murder box? <laughs> the boo, yeah, no, it comes out like us, ooh. <laughs> the boo boo box. <laughs> anyway, so he puts the boo boo helmets on. <laughs> what I love about this is, is that they're very... The, right, so I have researched this. Because as a kid, I didn't, I didn't get it. Because they, they're mind-altering. They're, they're mind altering, but I was like, but, but Khan's not with them. So how does he give them orders? It makes them very susceptible to, you know. Impressionable, it, it, isn't it? Yeah, but why don't I understand? How did they not, when, you know, they went to see someone else and they went, well, don't do that. And they go, oh, I never thought of it like that. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like the first person. So as a kid, I didn't really get it. Now, come on, mate. So the first one, we said it didn't have villains. A lot of the audiences didn't like it. They thought, do you know what? I didn't mention this when we talked about it. It's unofficial tagline. The original one was called uh, Star Trek, the slow motion picture. <laughs> so, so this one, you can tell it's time to dial in that action. You start off with the Kobayashi Maru, which is really like, a, you know, I think that's quite daring. It's been like, no, you will, uh, at some point, someone will die. Mm. It, it, that's up to you. Uh, you know, then it's Kirsty Allen, isn't it? He's just like, uh, you, you, you can't do it. You can't, you can't like, prepare for this. If, at some point you will lose. The idea that later on, that situation happens. Now, what we've got here is we've got, you've got like the beauty of science, like the idea of Genesis, like the idea of Genesis that can bring 
so the original storyline was it was called the Omega and it was a weapon the Federation had that everyone wanted. But they thought, well, everyone can have a weapon. You know, the Death Star was a weapon, you know. They wanted something that was the opposite. So what about a project that brings life to anything? That is pretty cool. I like the I, concept of Genesis. I think that's a really good... The, not the band, though. No. No, not no, the band. Not, not Terminator 4. <laughs> oh, God, no. Or 5. 5, wasn't it? Um, but what you've got is you've got, like, this, this delicacy of actual science exploration, but with fucking action. Mm. Very disappointed that Khan and um, Shatner never actually... Share a screen together. They don't do this on the film. Yeah, I was. Ex- you you do expect them fighting on a on you know like a bridge with staffs, and yeah. spears, and just fighting it to the death, Skeletor, human style. Don't yes, you? exactly. Um, but, but you do have some great acting. This is straight out of Shakespeare. This is yeah. This is the most pantomime out of all of them, and yeah. and I think it's no. I mean, Shatner's one thing, but in this, you've got Ricardo Montalban. Montalban, he's, he's uh, next uh, level. Khan, great villain, great. Um, you know, like. 70s, 80s villain, most definitely. Whoa, there was loads of rumours. that wasn't it, yeah. There was a lot of rumours that he had like a prosthetic chest on because he got his chest on display. But when I heard the costume designer, and we never really talk about a costume designer, the costume designer said that their clothes would have to be made out of the ship. And so they got themselves a ship and kind of like ripped it apart because obviously they were in a desolate planet where there is nothing. You, would, you wouldn't have cloth. You'd only have like, like a cushion from a seat on you. And I just think the costumes looked brilliant. Don't really understand how that when they take over, they're like, no, they instantly know... Like, technology, I assume, in the future would have changed a lot in 15 years, and they're instantly like, right, let's shoot the Enterprise down. <laughs> like, instantly know it. Yeah, no. Or I... nothing's password protected on the Reliant. <laughs> Just like, you know, before you leave the weapon station, log out. <laughs> Just... None of that, Choose mate. Your password with at least a capital letter. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Password one. Got it. I got it gone. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a really cool scene in this one where they basically you know, for the person who's fell asleep at the back, they do a, they do a visual, don't they, of like what happens when the Genesis hits a dead moon and how very quickly it kind of activates yeah. and it creates life. And I remember certainly watching this film this week. I was like, that's such a fucking cool concept that, because it, I think Star Trek always played that fine line of playing God, didn't it? Yeah. In, in a lot fucking, of the storylines. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I've just spat into my friend. I apologize for that noise. But this, I was like, that, 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 there's a really good idea then. And especially uh, jumping ahead, but in the third one, when they realize they, they ha- it doesn't work. Yeah. That, um, I liked that. I thought it was cool. And also what I really like as well is that fucking hell, they really tried to shit can that first movie because what they did was they created a trilogy from movies two, three, and four. Four, because they are a, they are a storyline over three yes. movies. Yeah, this is the I, events of this one don't get like fully explained, uh, fully concluded till the fourth, the end of the fourth movie. Yeah, yeah and, and right. I thought that was like I can't think of another franchise of maybe Fast and Furious because I haven't seen them. <laughs> it's, possible. it's possible. It's possible. So that, <laughs> but of a franchise where in the franchise or maybe the Saw movies did that with two of them at least. I do on something where they were kind of like we'll make a trilogy. Within within our own trilogy, yeah. yeah. So it was just like no, forget That's the really first weird. one. I mean, obviously you could say that with Star Wars, you could say that there's, but that was always designed to be three trilogies. Yeah, in, in was this this wasn't? Yeah, yeah. It's really really what it distanced itself from that first movie by creating a trilogy from the second movie onwards. What again you've got here as well is is the storyline is so kind of basic. It's revenge, and the bad guys won because the bad guy has a ship and can leave. And one of the guys just says, we have a ship. Let's fuck off. Let's, let's fuck pride, off. Let's, but then revenge. it's pride, revenge. Maybe a bit of envy because he's like, no, I want one of them red shirts. Yeah, he's doing it for his wife, mate. He is doing it for his wife. But um, some of the speeches are, some of the lines uh, from Khan are some of the best bad guy dialogue. It's like, from hell's heart, I stab at the, you know, at the end, where he's like bleeding his eyes, popping out. Just everything about him is like, 
the speech that he gives when he uh, when he steals Genesis and leaves uh, Kirk on the planet on his own. There's a fantastic speech. I'm not even going to do it justice. He's kind of just whispering. Mm. It's like whispering into it, leading to the the famous Khan. But the speech literally before the most famous line from it is obviously the Khan. The Khan. However, the speech literally that precedes this by Khan is the best dialogue is Star is Star Wars. It's Star Trek. Um, it is the best. Is is is? I cannot. I very rarely root for the bad guy, which isn't true in the slightest. I absolutely love. You're the, a bad guy. I'm a sort of bad guy. Can't my favorite bad guy. Do you want know rewatching it or for this episode? I can't believe I don't talk about Khan more. He's so badass. Benedict Cumberbatch. He's second rate. He's good, mm. but he's he Montalban is better than him by a fuck ton. Into Darkness, which was the comeback. Yeah, it? it's, it's the comeback's playing. It's, it's, you don't really realise it's Khan until like halfway through, do you? He tells you halfway it's Khan, but because they cheat, because there's two Sparks, he just asks him about Spark. You know, Zachary's like, eh, did you ever deal with a guy called Khan? And he's like, I promise you, I won't tell you anything. You know, you have to live your life. But Khan makes a right fucking... <laughs> yeah, Khan, do watch him. <laughs> yeah, and also watch Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust him either. <laughs> Have you seen Robocop? Um, I um, uh, my favorite, my my personal favorite. My favorite sequel. I think it's a. I think it's a brilliant film. I love. As a kid, I never really got into the science stuff. But weirdly, as an adult now, I love the science stuff. I love the idea that. I love the idea that he. Th- everyone's thinking of it as a weapon, especially in the third film. Again, it's a weapon. It's like the Genesis bomb is what it's called in the third one. Mm. But it's it's like born out of science. You know, it was born out of of bringing. You know, it's it, the paved to hell is the, the way to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, they wanted to create something that could create life, but it causes more death. Mm. And I just think Wrath of Khan, cracking film, awesome and, title. Wrath, yes, and it does a good job of telling you a story without you having to watch. You don't have to have seen that TV episode. I assume you haven't. No, no. You fine with that film? Yeah, 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 yeah completely. I, That's I, what I, I mean. So you don't even need, you'd never even seen Khan in the TV series and yet, brilliant villain. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's really good in movies when you get a villain who just, you know, he, they say, I've got a motive, I've got bad blood with the individual. You don't always need to be spoon fed everything. Yeah. You can just, you're just like, yeah, okay, they've got bad blood, you know. He's doesn't. He's not like one of the others has to turn around and be like, "Oh my God, we haven't seen Khan since we left him on that island 15 years ago. No one's seen him since." And now he's washed out because another planet blew up next to it. We're on the wrong planet. Fucking check off the dick. <laughs> you don't Although, need all of that. Let's be fair. That is isn't it. <laughs> um, so the biggest thing to come out of this is Leonard wanted out of this franchise, man. He fucking wanted done. But why don't understand like this? Leonard agreed that he wouldn't be in it, and then they had like contract talks, and then they changed it. However, he said he wasn't going to be in it. Khan's won. Mm. He's going to sacrifice himself from Hell's Heart Estabity, meaning I'm gone. But fuck it, so are you. Mm. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to take my immortal enemy with me. Kirk's got no choice. It's like I need warp speed, Scott. It's like do one. Can't do one. <laughs> you, we're in this. We're in. We're in a nebula. Yes, and they can't. Mate, I remember you, stuff. You dirty slot. You've turned me on a little. I'll be honest. I know. They need to get out of it before they can engage warp drive. The problem is the room that they need to do is filled with radiation. There's only one man that can go in there. No, there isn't. Half man. Well, there's no man that can go in there because well, he, he still can't go in. Wait, well, yeah. but why don't I about this? Is what I love about this is so someone could go in there and do it, but it just means they'll die. Mm. So everyone else is just thinking, "Fuck you, I'm not dying for you." <laughs> it's just all these. All these Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> Bring him back so we can kill him again. 
<laughs> Decker, you useless twat. <laughs> Where are you when we need you? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kicking boy. Um, but then, but then I love this. Is um, Bones talks him out of it. Bones goes, "No, don't go in there, you, you idiot. You'll die." And then no one goes, "But we'll all die." He's like, "Yeah, right. I'm fine with that." <laughs> So yeah, this is one person in the back going, no, do it. <laughs> Don't want to die. I mean, that's a really good idea if you go in there and save us all. I just joined Star Trek to Starfleet to like pay off the bills. I don't want to die in this suicide. But bear in mind, this is a training mission. <laughs> so yeah. you've got, you call these kids and teenagers new to it and they're like, I don't want to die. <laughs> so, so far, it's two bad days at work, isn't it? <laughs> it, it? Also with this bit, this isn't more bullshit Spock science, is that... When he does, when he gets bones out of the way, basically yeah. says shift off. Oh mate! It's in the t- next movie, they 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 have the cheek to say that Spock put some of his spirit, mate, in bones. He didn't. He didn't. Essentially, what he did was he used him like USB. <laughs> basically, he went, "Would you like to back up yourself?" Yeah. He said yes. He said, "Please insert disc USB bones." <laughs> <laughs> so he went. I've downloaded bones. So so he's kind of like saved a copy in bones. And gone right. I'll go in there now. But you, you don't know any of that in the second movie. They I tell don't. You all that in the third. That comes in the third one where they just happen to find some security footage that shows you exactly what happened. That was lucky. Yeah. But the speech that he gives is, is I. Do you know what? To the, Kirk through the glass. Through the glass. Yeah, so, yeah. so I'd like to point out that the whole of Star Trek and all of the films so far are based on a friendship between Spock and Kirk, and kind of Bones. They're the, they're the three main guys. Bones is a jealous lover, mate. He is the he is a jealous lover. But the other ones, Scotty, Sulu. Uhura, they are treated like second class. They're like, f- f- you're not the main three. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, I think Sulu's fine with that, mate. I think he's <laughs> just like, I'm on fucking screen, man. <laughs> he has his own ship in the sixth one. Yeah, he, yeah, he does. Um, he um, and he and he passes away. He dies. He sacrifices himself to get the crew. They get enough power, and then the last thing you see of Khan is like, oh, I probably shouldn't kill myself <laughs> because the ship's gone now. Bugger. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, that didn't work out, did it? <laughs> Oh, um, damn it. They sacrifice themselves, they get away. Speech, through the glass. They have a little, they have a little hug. But uh, do you know what? Scotty does the best acting in this because he goes there and he, and you as an audience, as a child, you're always like, well, the good guys will win. He'll find it, he'll get an antidote or something. Scotty just goes, he is dead. Mm. He doesn't go, he's dying. He, Scotty's lies are, no, he's dead. Mm. And then, and then, uh, fair play to Shatner, I said he wasn't the greatest actor. A great scene where Nimoy and him just bounce off each other through glass. It's soul destroying. As a kid, mate, the heart destroyed. But Spock was dead. Yeah, the, the, there's more emotion here in this scene than there is when his son dies in the next movie. <laughs> when he just goes, you Klingon bastard. It's funny you should mention that. <laughs> but this, I, 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 this, I, this scene was really good. It reminded me of playing Fallout 3 when... Um, oh, don't even get me started in Fallout 3 because you can pick up that super mutant Who's, why send did, him in why didn't you just fucking he go in he's like no I don't want to he's like you're a fucking you can't send him in okay, yeah, but that must have been an update because yeah. the first time I played that he was like no, oh, I don't no at, the end of the, at the end of the game if you send him in the radiation tank that's the whole point if you recruit him he won't die and so you don't have to I vaguely remember oh no was it was there was there a girl like Lions who works for the uh, Brotherhood of Steel could have been because when I play these games I'm always evil I was like no you go in and she was like well I don't want to I was like I don't want to <laughs> fuck you <laughs> I always remember how Liam Neeson was your dad in that and no matter what you created about yourself, he still looked exactly the same. Because I remember them thinking, oh, he's dynamic. He changes. Like, no, no, he really doesn't. Because no. I made my guy purposely look like a fucking monstrosity. But there was like 200 endings to that game, wasn't there? Yeah. But the big one was, yeah, you send the mutant in because he, he could survive the radiation. Spock couldn't. No. 
He got very, his skin got very flaky very quickly. But I imagine that's what space radiation does to you. I don't know. Also, like all the things that you pack on the Starship Enterprise. Yeah. Bagpipes, apparently. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? Because if you're going to give someone a space burial that, that then lands on Genesis, the uh, the planet that gives life, oh, that's not going to come back soon. Mate, I'm going to do one better. Yeah, I'm gonna, no, we're going to do even one better. It's a training exercise, which means that I fucking thought, I'll need them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, pack light, uh, got me phaser, me keys, bagpipes. <laughs> Can't do a training exercise without bagpipes. <laughs> Just going through the itinerary, like the shit, you're like, you got all the food, yep, got all the water you need, yep, yep. Do you want to take this coffin? Why? <laughs> you might just need it. My deck is not here. <laughs> he's, he's off being the next great next thing. Oh, heartbreaking. Great yeah. ending. One of my favourite films of all time. Love it. Months and months ago, years, in fact, when we started season two, I posted this as my favourite sequel. And you know what? Watching it has reinforced it. Oh, brilliant. It never gets brought up when people say what's a better sequel than an original. Yeah. It's, and actually, it probably should be the one there with God, you know, people say obviously Godfather, some people say Empire, um, you know, Terminator 2. There's all them ones that people tend to gravitate towards. Some I agree with, some I don't. But this, there is not a shadow of doubt it is better than the first one. Exactly. This one as well gives you what you're all waiting for in that, and we, we want the Enterprise to win, but we want to see it take a hit because you want to see them all run to the side of the room. Yes. And Kirk just lean over in his chair and, and a bit of, and I'll tell you one thing as well. Not afraid to let a bit of fire come out of desk right next to the actor. You know, like when desks blow up and just like smoke pours out of him and fucking flames are bursting out. Yes. And every actor is just like, yeah, I'm on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like fucking A. Jump again, just because you've up in the fourth one, you know, when they, you know when they go back in time, they, they decide to essentially run as fast as they can at the sun. And, they and slingshot around the and, sun, and, James. And it starts breaking. There's obviously a scene where Uhura, the, the screen smashes right in the face and she would not expect it because she is terrified. <laughs> so, I love that if the prop team just didn't tell them what was going to blow up where. That just, fucking brilliant. That would be brilliant and definitely soon. <laughs> like, would De- be. Go stand over there, White. Yeah. No reason. <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh. is, is this red shirt? Um, right. Third movie, so, Search for Spock. So the, the, the common rule is that all even films are good, all odd films are shit. I didn't mind Spot the search for as much as I thought I was going to, and I, there were there were it's reasons why. It's the most redeemable one of them. I I would class it as, as pretty good. Uh, Directed by Leonard Nimoy. It was to get him back on the franchise. Yeah. It, basically, he was the most marketable character from Star Trek. They said, "This is what this is what 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 will it take you to come back?" He's like, "I'd like to tell a story." And also, the rule was that he didn't want to be on screen for the third one. He's like, "I'll come in at the end," because he also did the fourth one. He's like, "And I'll I'll be on the fourth one." But the third one, it's not a story about me. It's a story about discovery. I like this one as well because your good guys, your team become outlaws. Yeah, I like that in a in a in a franchise because the it it's, it it does feel like a common place for movies to go, but I do kind of like it as well. They're on the run. I think you need to. The ultimate star captain has to be the ultimate rebel. Um, the the beginning of this is very weak though. Like. So they, they, they return. They return basically to Earth, but not Earth. They kind of dock just outside, don't they? They're returning to Earth and he gives a captain's log and he says, I'm feeling a bit sad and I don't know why. And I, and as an audience member, I did it to me and I went, because your best friend just died. Yeah. <laughs> I was it, like, what do you mean you don't like, know? Bones is like, it's because you're old. <laughs> Kirk's like, well, it won't, but now it is. Okay. You're right, I'm <laughs> not getting old, aren't I? Cheers, I found a, a grey pube. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to bang green women anymore. Thanks, pal. <laughs> but the... the 
there there are some bits I like to this. I I love Bones, who didn't really get much to do in the second movie. But now, he, now all of a sudden he's 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 channeled his inner spot. Mate, he's trying to get to Genesis in in that bar scene where I think he gets that that weird fish man. It's like the, Genesis. The, the, <laughs> yeah, I, I like the bit as well where like this like a supreme admiral or, or something like that. I, I can't remember the character's name, but he's basically like uh, Admiral Morrow, played by Robert Hooks. He's like um. Uh, Genesis never happened. And he's like giving a prep talk to everyone, isn't he? He's like, you don't want to talk about uh, Genesis to anyone. And then that, that bar scene where Bones is fucking mouthing off, <laughs> like trying to hitch a ride to Genesis. And he just slides over and he's like, oh, I think you've had a bit too much to drink. You know, <laughs> like, but you can't help but think, and I don't want to say it, but I'm going to, it did feel a little bit like it took a bit of a cheap shot at Star Wars. Yeah, There's, it's very much a cantina scene. Trying to hitch a ride and get a um, you know passage to a to a planet. I must have never actually thought of it like I, that. I there was, but, but it's only a small nod to it. I think in in that in that moment. But then I like Kirk and the team. What I love about it is like that Kirk and the team are like, right, we're going to steal a ship. I we're going to go back to Genesis, but we can't wear we can't wear our uniform because then they'll know. <laughs> so yeah, they, so they're all wearing like. Well, that's that's where cape comes in, leather coat cape. Yeah. In a fantastic, what I don't understand is they go to, well, I think it's jail. So, uh, not uh, Bones has been arrested by that man. It's like maybe you've had too much to drink. He's like, no, that's it. Doesn't he start shouting? It's like, if I had too much to drink, I'd already be in Genesis. <laughs> anyway, they go see him in jail, and Sulu just says hello to the man, and the man stands up and is like, he threatens him. And then Sulu's like, don't call me darling, or whatever he says, he beats him up because he should, because he's Sulu and he's awesome. Then they escape. What I love about this is you're supposed to know now that. So what I really like is well, uh, when they steal the Enterprise, the Enterprise is still banged up. It's not it's not at optimum levels, mate. No, it's still got its burn marks down it's, the side of it. And I really like that. I do like seeing that when you first see it come in and you see all those people watching from the sides, don't you? And they're all like, oh, they're gasping from like the valley, uh, the valley, a uh, gallery, funk me. At the gallery, when it comes in, you see all these people and they look at the Enterprise. Oh my God, I'm shocked. Oh my God, the Enterprise has been scorched up. When it leaves, there's one bloke cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh, you're off. Um, Essentially, they there's a bigger ship that's coming for him, and Scotty was transferred to that one. And uh, I, I quite like the speech he gives to me. He says, "If you do this, Kirk, you'll never sit in the captain's chair again." Because they're going to take Bones to Genesis because there's a life form now on Genesis. David uh, Kirk's son has spotted uh, a life form. They are they believe it is Spock. So the body of Spock is on Genesis, but the mind of Spock is in fucking Bones because he's downloaded him. In Spock's dad or whoever that was. It just comes up and randomly touches people's faces going, I'm looking for my son. Get your face out. Yeah, and, he's, <laughs> and he's like, what did you do, you idiot? You're supposed to bury him on Vulcan because that's where his body can truly be at rest. Yeah. And so the big storyline in this one is you have to get two parts of Spock back to Vulcan. Yeah. Like, like do you want me to- <laughs> fucking like stand by me <laughs> it's not to say dead corpse and bring a dead corpse um, but I really like the speech he gives he's like oh you'll never sit in the captain's chair again and so they start off but then have you, did you hear the comedy effects because obviously Scotty's put like sugar in the engine of the other, the Excelsior yeah and it was just like boom 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 it just sounds like wacky races it's like one of the most worst sound effects I've ever heard in a film and then um, there's another story about Doc Brown <laughs> Yo, fuck it. I forgot Christopher Lloyd was in there. Christopher Lloyd as the Klingon. Because you have to have a Klingon bad guy. Because how have you done two films without a Klingon bad guy? Mm. Christopher Lloyd in a really weird casting. Like, would you, it was like, oh, what do you want to be today? Pfft, Klingon? Yeah, all right. Why is the backstory with Klingons being villains? They're just angry people. At that time, they, they were like, at walk. They weren't... So in the film that you won't see, if you haven't seen the sixth one, they're not officially at peace yet. 
So in the next generation, they're allies because they signed something called the Kitama Accords, but they don't exist right now. So they did have a war. They, in, now there's, there's ten, like a Cold War. In generations, there's a Klingon Enterprise member, isn't there? Yeah, Worf. Yeah, so the, you could accept, you by that side, you, they're at peace then. Though. Mm. But there's still some factions within both, mate. Anyway, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, so Christopher Lloyd, in a, in a great scene, he's trying to find Genesis because he thinks it's a weapon. So he's got like a Klingon, like like woman, they have a scene where he's like, I've, I've got you Genesis. And they're, they're talking and I really, I've got fan memories of this because this is when my dad would put on the voices and read them out to me as a kid. He'd be like, Kap, the guy was like, Kapla. and the guy would be like, oh, it says fire. I was like, oh, thanks dad. There's a scene where she gives him like, I don't know, like the PDF <laughs> of oh, Genesis. And he, she's peaked at it. She, and, 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 but she's, he's like, oh, it would serve you well, my lord. He says, oh, you, you've seen it. You've and read she, it. And she goes, yeah. And he goes, well, you know what I've got to do? And she takes it very fucking yeah. calmly. She's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't try. She's like, yeah, i got to die. Yeah, yeah, shit. <laughs> so I won't be able to, I won't be able to look after your kids next week because you're going to shoot me. But yeah, blows her up. And then, and then, you know, fast forward, it turns out that Genesis is a big bag of balls. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, 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 I like this as well, this idea that, you know, what gives life also takes life. And this idea that it's unstable, you know, and I really like that because if you don't destroy that idea, that concept that they've created... Yeah, then that's, why don't they do everything? It's just going to happen, every, yeah, exactly. They can populate any planet and turn any dead star into whatever they want. The only downside is why not happen to Spock? Why wouldn't Spock, like, bring back to life and then just, like, slowly decay? <laughs> Like straight away. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, heartbreaking moment though. So Christopher Lloyd, you know, comes down, more bullshit about Genesis, kills David. Right, so he wants the, he wants the Genesis. He wants the Genesis. We- which he thinks is a weapon. Yeah, he wants all the paperwork because Genesis is, doesn't technically exist anymore. In, in turns up uh, Kirk with his band of brothers. With his, with his small band of brothers, wearing yeah. Wearing a great pink shirt. Yeah, kind of like kind of weird like spiral pattern as well. Well, not spiral. It's how it's folded anyway. It's, it's like another movie where they get their ass spanked to it first. Yeah. And what I like about this is it's the second movie as well where they kind of bluff because there's a moment in there where where, where uh, Christopher Lloyd's crawl or whatever his name is is like they you know they, we're done for. They've got they can outgun us. It's their yeah. turn to shoot back. We're recharging. Why aren't they? But I, I really like that because Scotty says he didn't have time to put the weapons online because he didn't think they'd be in a fight. But didn't you just steal us? What did you think? The Federation group were on. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> you please, then, by all means, have this very expensive ship. <laughs> I do like this bit though where, where Kirk's like just bluffing. And, yeah. And, he, and that... that but he does it all the time. Don't he yeah. just lies. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, and there's a lot of times where he's like, give me a minute. And then the bad guy's like, I'll give you two. All right, fucking give him 10. <laughs> like help if, him out if he gets his glasses out at any point because that's in the second one we don't talk about how much like Khan stays on the video you see him in the background just look at him and like Kirk's got his spectacles out <laughs> future mate still spectacles on a, on a wire just going yeah maybe you should uh, fire the weapon yeah 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 alright yeah yeah cool they can cool. create life on a dead planet but they can't create perfect eyesight <laughs> no they can't there's some things that you're just out of control there, there is a really fucking good scene where there's a Humpty Dumpty scene where he's like, uh, send all your men, and not one of the one of the Klingons is like, well, maybe you shouldn't send them all. <laughs> Just maybe, maybe one sends all of his men onto the Enterprise, which is booby trapped. I'd like to quite point, like that. I do you know what that would as a kid, I, I think I might have cried at that because to me, the Enterprise is a bigger character. Because I, uh, the NCO, I can't remember the the thing, the, like the serial number. It's one of the most. It's my favorite ship. It's beautiful. That one from that film because the original series, you know, was pretty cool. The Enterprise D, which is the next generation one, but this one to me, mate, was is perfect. It's my Enterprise. It's beautiful. 
I had Star Trek Online is the one I've got the most. I could have upgraded to a bigger ship, mate, but I haven't because I love the Enterprise so much. This Enterprise is my Enterprise. It's beautiful. And when it when it's get blown up, I actually, as a kid, was like, fuck, that's a character to me. Oh, yeah, I can see it. I think if the, if the Falcon went down and Star Wars. Yeah, it was just... And then there's there's a really emotional scene. Now, this is fucking heartbreaking. So David dies. Kirk, let's be honest, doesn't give a shit. No, he kind of falls backwards in his chair, doesn't he? Yeah, it's just like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm bastard. Next scene, don't matter. However, when, he, when he's on the planet and he sees the Starship Enterprise let enter the Earth's atmosphere, fucking bawling his eyes out. Yeah, it's true. Um, I do love that though. It's like, yeah, Klingons come on board. They fuck off. And then the Klingons like, the, the computer's talking. What's it saying? Seven, six, five. That's unusual. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, get out. He stands up like that will make him go quicker. <laughs> but then this is the, it mirrors the second movie where the villain has nothing now. The villain could A, leave and just leave him to die on the planet, which yeah. is unstable and it's going to blow up anyway. Um, the villain has nothing left to lose. So he decides, I know, I'll go down for an old fisty fight. I, what I love is, so now you've got all of the crew on the planet, Genesis or whatever it is yeah. at this point. And so he treats them to beam, beaming them up, doesn't he? Yeah, but so but before this point, it, um, just for Lloyd's character goes down to see him on yeah. the planet. And what's really cool about that scene is they're all grouped together. And he's like, you, 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 move over there. It's like, why don't you just tell Kirk to move? It's like, it just would have been a lot easier. No, just, no. Just, no. Kirk, you stay. Everyone else over there. <laughs> fist fight kicked into some lava. Yeah, but do you, do you remember the fist fight? Do you remember, did you see the bit with strings where fucking Shatner, so he kicks him, Christopher Lloyd holds his leg, zoom out, and then you see Kirk do a backflip. <laughs> just thinking, the amount of fucking strings fires. If that was him, you'd be like, right, we need to take on like 60 extra guys <laughs> just to pull that fucker. And it's not... What I really like about it is it's not John Wick. It is essentially two middle-aged blokes. The final fight, the final, when he's, Christopher Lloyd's hanging on the edge and Kirk is like kicking him and he's saying not badass lines. It's like, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have Khan's it doesn't, it's, presence. It's really bad. As fight scenes go, it's not great. But at the same time, did I quite like its campishness? Yes, I absolutely adored it. I did like it, actually. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate this one as much as I thought. It was the one that I thought I remembered the most of, so I was I was least excited to revisit. But rewatching it, I, I actually I didn't mind it. Actually, I thought it was pretty good. It's a shorter runtime as well. It's only like an hour forty compared to the other two hour ones. I do you know what when I rewatched it, I really I I don't know. I liked it. The problem it has is it's after Khan. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Like Khan to me is like a brilliant film. I don't think you even have to like Star Trek to like Khan. I think if you're a movie fan, you can like Khan. It also benefits somewhat by because obviously computer graphics and visual effects it enhanced somewhat by this point so there are there are sweeping shots of you know ships battling lasers those yeah. kind of stuff that helps you to get sucked into the world a little bit better than maybe the first movie which should show less yeah and be quicker yeah so um that's 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 the third one which like i say is i think it's passed into good i quite like it I like boy Spock turning into teenager Spock. At one at one point, he goes through what they call. No, thank God, I can't remember what it's called. Um, it means if he doesn't get his rocks off, he'll he'll die. It's like mumpla or something like that. It's it's like it's puberty for Vulcans. Yeah. So the lady that is with him, just kind of like they kind of like stroke hands. 
then that's like the, that's all he needs. Well, I've I, not according to the TV series. He needs to like go deep. Is it? <laughs> yeah, but but in this is just like a bit of hand playing. It's like I, is that I, what Spock's hand signal? Is I about? I think there's a deleted scene where they do it. <laughs> that's what I think. That's the only way it works in the canon. Because if he doesn't, he dies. Mm. Well, it's according to the TV show. I yeah. So it's some spot. some deleted scenes. Um, it kind of ends the Genesis arc, but doesn't end Kirk's arc. No, because he's got to have his redemption now. Not his redemption, his, his comeuppance. He's got to get his comeuppance. Now, where we open with Star Trek Four, The Voyage Home. On paper, I'm going to say it now, James, because you're going to disagree with me. On paper, this is fucking weak. The, right. The idea of this film. So what I'm going to say to you, this film transcends Trekkies. This film is universally loved by everyone. I, it's a, I believe it's a critical and commercial success. I'm not saying it's my favourite. I'm saying that it's the world's favourite because you didn't, everyone, I think everyone's seen this, everyone loves this one. But, you know, that's just, just me saying that. I'm fairly certain. So it's 86. That it, It's the final part, I suppose, of these three movies. They've got Spot back, been to Vulcan. They've it, now got to go back. So Spock's kind of like reset, hasn't he? He doesn't yeah, know who he is. He's, They're he's, in not, he's got some memory, but not all yeah. of it. So he, he starts in, calling Kirk Jim by this movie. Yes. So um, also they've just spent three weeks in exile and they've been, um, opens with a Klingon in a court. And he's like, we fucking do him. He's like, you give him to us. And they're like, no, he's been charged with nine violations because he's got to return now. After three weeks, they take a vote to return back to uh, Federation Space to basically go on trial for their for their insurrection. I'm going to sum up now and tell me if I'm missing anything. Okay. All right. So on the way back, yeah. there's an alien probe outside of Earth. Uh, yeah. Submitting a beam. Yeah. Basically a terror beacon, basically yeah. whatever. It's it's trying to contact something. It's called... Okay. Just as a noob. Okay, I apologize. Alien probe outside of Earth spinning yep. around, sending a, a, a terrorist beacon basically to Earth. Yep. In search of a response, it ain't getting. It's not getting. And if it. it doesn't get it, James, yeah. Earth gets its comeuppance. Yeah, this probe yeah. fucking seriously wants a response. Right? Yeah, so Kirk realizes this. He's like, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna slingshot around the moon, go back to 1986. Around the sun. Around the sun. Sorry, fucking Dick. hell. It's not Armageddon. So I'm so sorry. I'm just embarrassed. Myself. Get out. Um. <laughs> So they slingshot around the sun, which will cause them to go back in time to 1986 for San Francisco, where they will hide the Klingon ship that they're still in. Is it the Klingon ship? Yeah, it point? is, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they've got cloaking device. Yeah, that's it. They've got the cloaking yeah. device. Yeah, the red dwarf carrier, the green thing. So they're going to they're gonna hide that in a park with a cloaking device. Then yep. they're going to find two whales, which they need a doctor who's like, oh, George, no, George and Grace. You know, you're like, you, you can't do this. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then they get released early. And then she's like, oh, actually, maybe you should go get the whales. So they get the two whales. Meanwhile, Sulu and a few of the others are trying to create a device. They will store the whales on the ships, then get it back, so they can bring it, bring the whales back to the future. Where at this point, now this is the point, James. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, why can't they just use whales from you know the time that they're in? Because the whales are extinct, James. So yeah. that's why they need to go back in time to reintroduce an animal that we had extinct, two humpback whales. So they bring them back to the present time, and it turns out that the beacon that is that's a terrorist beacon, essentially, these two whales can send one back a response, which basically just says to the alien probe, <laughs> "Fucking do one." And then the alien probe's like, yeah, that's all I needed to hear. I just wanted to talk to a whale. So essentially, an alien came to speak to a whale that we didn't have. So we went back in time, got to, brought him back, and he was like, yeah, cheers, thanks for that. That's this film, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, cool. So what happened So what happened was, humpback whales have been on the planet a lot more than humans. So what happens is because obviously sound travels slower than light. Um, when they first communicated, when this probe came from this alien race, 
it assumed that humpback whales were the predominant life force. So they communicated. However, they were, they went extinct. No, they went extinct. No, because there's a great line from Spock in his film where he says, it's very presumptuous of you to assume that the message is for you. And it's a good message. I don't deny that. I just think, <laughs> what does the whale say when he comes back? Like, because there's no subtitles. Yeah, he's just like... So I'm assuming the whale's saying... Maybe he's like, drop off for Chinese. God, God you got it all wrong, man. We're just a fucking animal. Um, We've yeah. got thumbs. So it sends the probe because it hasn't heard from them for a while and assumes the worst. It's like, I hope you're right. I'm, you know, love. It's like a, it's like a sympathy card. It's like, it's, it's like shit, we haven't heard from you for a while. Yeah. Um, if like, you don't, if like, you don't respond, I'll blow up earth. It's like when your dad has a fall in the shower and you haven't heard from him for a while. You're just like, maybe we should give him a ring. You might be dead. Um, so what happens is... Yeah, no, that's it. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. So it sends the, the probe. critically acclaimed fan favorite. Yeah, but I love this film. I think this film's brilliant. I I adore this film. It's close, one of my favorites. The comedy element, like um, he tells Kirk, tells Spock that to fit in eighty six, he should he should swear. Shame as he, is. <laughs> he should swear a bit more. So all he does is every other word is hell because it's still a PG film. Can't swear. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, "What the hell do you think you're doing? Um, this is the hell I'm doing." The idea that Georgie and Grace are are like two humpback whales that are somehow going to save the earth, you know, like in the future, bearing in mind that, well, they'll be pregnant and they'll give birth to one. So let's hope that, you know, let's hope there's nothing out after that. If the probe comes back, you're kind of fucked because there's nothing for that to breed with. <laughs> you know, in like 20 years when the humpback whale stops, the probe's like, I might come back because it's been a while again. Um, I love, I love this story. I think it's brilliant. I love everything about it. You also forgot about the bit that, um, where Scotty somehow invents maybe the internet with like four clicks because he's just like, hello, computer. <laughs> he's talking into a mouse. Jamaican again. Yeah. And then, the guy, and then the guy's like, what are you doing? And then the guy's, and then Scotty's like, oh, oh, you don't speak into it because he doesn't know how a mouse works. Then instantly knows how a mouse works <laughs> because then, then he like creates like physics. <laughs> but, the, but you've also got, there's a problem. The dilithium crystals, mate, which powered the Klingon bird of prey. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's it. They changed the name of it, didn't they? There's, yeah. there's not. Oh, yeah, to the HMS Bounty. Mm -hmm. um, this Klingon bird of prey. After the ship. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I don't so um, the dilithium crystals are. So they need something to power energy. And Kirk says, "Well, what's the fucking point of coming back in time? Because now we're here, we're a bunch of knobheads. Nothing we can do about it." So he sends out, sends out the Russian. And he sends out Uhura to find out where they can get Just some. Chekhov's now devoted to the Russian. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I can't, I can't remember his rank. I believe he's commander. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, well, he must be on a bridge. He must be a commanding officer. Of course um, he says, um, so they send out the, send out, no, the reason I brought him up is the Russian, because he was in the Cold War. Mm. But in a scene where he's asking people where, he asks a cop, and the cop just stares at him. He's like, fucking rude. Get his badge number. Make a complaint. So what they're after? A nuclear weapons so that they can, That's it. So they can power, power it. it up. Yeah. Yeah, they're looking for nuclear but fallout or, or splurge or whatever it is. It's also why, <laughs> if you don't know it's splurge, it's also why they can't communicate with each other with their with their comms, because you know at the point he tries it, it's because of all the radioactive isotopes in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good, uh, I really like it. But, uh, do you know what? Less, not that much bones in it, but it's saying, I, and you're going to think that, you're going to look at me differently. I love the ending of this. They go back into the future, they got the humpback whales, but what does the probe do? The probe shuts down all electricity. So the Klingon bird of prey just basically falls into the planet Earth, smashes into the water. They release the humpback whales. Everyone's having like a pie. 
They're all just kind of splashing around on like this sinking Klingon ship. Fucking love it. I think it's brilliant. Absolutely adores them. Do you want no villain? Actually, not true. There is a villain. Who's that villain? Man. <laughs> it should have been Star Trek for Songs of the Humpback Whale. Yeah. That would have been way there. I don't accept that. The voyage home. And then I just like to find out, you know, that woman that loves humpback whales, she gets brought to the future because no one knows how to deal with humpback whales because they're extinct. What I love about this is that she's just fine in the future. No one then has to explain to her, I don't know, the last fucking 400 years of like yeah. science to her. She's got go, no family or yeah, anything it's just like, back home. Just like, oh, by the way, this is the future. You can't swear. There's no such thing as money. Um, I don't really, all of these things that you will never comprehend. Oh, oh aliens are real? Yeah, th- these are aliens. <laughs> deal with it. The thing is, when you start fucking about with time, James, yeah. you, why didn't they just go back to 1979 and just not do the first movie? And we would never have the second movie. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, then all of a sudden you can start undoing timelines. We're in, we're in Avengers territory. I, I remember... I if remember you, can't, about, you can't say Avengers territory. In fact, you should be saying, when we watch the Avengers, who they're in Star Trek for the Void Dome territory. <laughs> have you seen Loki yet? No. Don't ever get to like Star Trek, mate. Don't get off it. No, no, just just something to do with the Infinity Crystals in that first episode of. Like, no, not saying it. Fucking brilliant. Oh, is it good? Yeah, it's not a spoiler whatsoever. So I, I'll say it. There's a fucking scene in it where, um, like Loki's looking. Like so, Loki's it basically. I won't go into all the storyline, but he's kind of like trapped in a world like between worlds. Yeah, like a bureau that they're trying to set him back on a timeline and like R.I.P.D. Yeah, because yeah, similar. <laughs> And he opens this desk drawer in just this like fucking beige office and there's like a hundred infinity crystals in there of all of them. And he's just staring at them. And this guy turns up, he's like, yeah, they're like paperweights. Basically just fucking undoing 22 <laughs> movies. <laughs> like saying, yeah, we've got loads of room around here. And it's like, just fucking brilliant. Um, anyway, back to this. I, I did, I, right, I didn't not enjoy for it, it was a jolly good romp. If all of them have been good romps. Just when I was like, if when because for the podcast to kind of write a little synopsis, kind of something to jog your memory when we talk about it, I was like, this is this is it. This is like you've got the, you know, I imagine at the time some of the best writers, the best brains mm. in the business coming up. And fourth movies are hard territories to kind of come up with original ideas, but sci-fi is a playground of what you can do. And this idea about bringing back whales to speak to an alien you know, God knows how many hundreds of years in the future was just a bit like, really? That's where you had this blank canvas to work on. But you say that, but I think this is actually one of the most original ideas because I can't oh, it's think... original, yeah. Because yeah. I can't think of a single... So this is what I love. I love the fact it's a risk-taking. I don't think a weapon fires off, you know, the Klingon bird of prey at any point. It's the only thing that it does menacingly is decloak over like a Norwegian whaling vessel and then they're like, shit. Well, that's it, yeah. I forgot about that bit. That's, but that sort of stuff is quite cool. I do find it weird that randomly they, they have like an anti-whaling mesh, uh, like like meaning that's kind of come out of nowhere. But at the same time, no, I I thoroughly enjoy. I thought it was brilliant. I I love the fact that there's no villain. I love the fact that the storyline's quite like if you had to write down the plot, it would only be a few words. It's like yeah, yeah. That, and then they do it. But it gave you it gave me so much more. And I was even a sap for the ending when I didn't really understand it as a kid because I was like, didn't he just get fired? when he gets punished for basically mutiny, they demote him. They're like, they're like, we're stripping you of your admiral rank. We're going to make you a captain. Mm. And the first thing we're going to do is make sure that you're the captain of the Enterprise. So he's kind of a victory because it's what he wanted. But at the same time, you're no longer an admiral. So I assume that, I don't know, well, they don't have money, so I don't really know what that means. Yeah, I, I do like this. I do like how Star Trek plays on themes and ideas that are, you know, like, are so embedded in science. This idea, like I say, that... Um, 
this alien probe is has traveled for hundreds of years to inter- because it hasn't heard a historic sound from a creature that is no longer around. I like them it's, things. It's a, it's a nice neighbor to have, though, isn't it? It just, just comes around, yeah. checks on you. Hundreds of years. Yeah. This is where my journey in Star Trek has ended this way. I haven't managed to get to number five. So I'm going to leave it to you to kind of give me the nuts of it and then six. And then is that where. Is that where... No, there's one more, but it's not. We'll get into it. So the next one is called Star Trek V, The Undiscovered Country. I thought it was the Final Frontier. Yeah, it's, it's Final Frontier. Sorry, I got six. It's The Undiscovered Country. Um, yeah, you're right. Sorry. It's all right. You fucking pimp slap me now, aren't you? Directed by? Uh, William Shatner. William Shatner. So that's the point I was going to make. Then Nimoy had breathed new life into the series. Uh, rejuvenized, uh, critical and commercial success. The fourth one, a lot of people were expecting big things for the fifth one. However, this one came out in 1989. It was, yeah. 1989. And this was not a, there was a lot of big movies that came out. Like Tango Cash, wasn't it? Tango and Cash, yeah. So it was up against big ones. <laughs> um, now this one, the story is basically, now I'm not joking. So you you had a problem with the fourth one. Right, well, Spock's got a brother that's never been mentioned at any point. <laughs> Turns out that Spock's brother, Cybok, <laughs> are you reading it? No. <laughs> his brother Cybok uh, believes that heaven exists and there is a God and he's beyond this something called the Great Barrier. No one's ever been able to breach the Great Barrier and no ships have returned, no probes have returned. So he's decided that he's going to kidnap some diplomats. They, uh, Starfleet will send a ship and then he will use that ship to travel to Shangri-La or whatever it's called. It's called different things throughout the... There's a lot of stealing a ship to get yeah. us there kind of talk. And that is because the Enterprise has the best ships, I'm taking it. Well, actually, in this one, so this is brilliant. So the Enterprise is being rebuilt. So we have a new Enterprise, but nothing works. Oh, mate. This film will be over in two minutes if they sent a different ship. Because, yeah. the, because the reason they get away with it, so the teleport doesn't work. So the Enterprise could show them, just beam the three people up and go, right, I'll see you later, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't work, so they have to send a shuttle down. Because they, so what they should have done is they should have sent any other ship. And now when the Admiral rings Kirk and tells him what he needs to do, he says, why don't you send another ship? He says, I've got lots of ships. I don't have captains. So why don't you just put Kirk on a different fucking ship? You mm. fucking idiot. Basically, this uh, cyborg has the ability to take away your pain. So the pain that you carry with you, like... Um, it's like a giant paracetamol. <laughs> Do I'm not defending this film. This film shit. <laughs> so uh, he's proper both. I only like two aspects of this film, and they're really. Do you want know, no? They're shit as well. I like them in their overcorny way. Meet God in this. Yeah, Kirk takes him on. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I think I remember this one where Kirk's like, "Did you create us in your image, or did we create you in ours?" Yeah, because he's just a floating head in a, in sand. <laughs> Just like there's this bit and they're just there. Turns out you can kill God with a fucking, uh, with a Klingon bird of prey because <laughs> he gets killed by one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's not good, but there is like this really cool element where Cyborg's able to show you his pain, um, show you your pain and work through it. And the only bit that I really quite like is, so the three, he brainwashes everyone on the Enterprise. He doesn't get the main three. There's a scene earlier on in the film where Uhura has to do a fan dance to uh, seduce some men, and it is, it's a terrible scene. And I, it's kind of like exploitation of her, like being a sex symbol. It's awful. It's, it, it, this is Shatner all over. It's not good. Uh, there's a three-breasted cat woman. We knew Sulu was the sex symbol on that. <laughs> yeah. Scene, right. But there's a cat. There's, there's like this, it was kind of like a, like a, oh, it's, it's weird. It's a weird, Shatner's gone proper Shatner. 
he climbs a mountain with no apparatus. You know, just basically the ego trip. They spend the majority of the film trying to teach Spock how to sing, row, row, row your boat. This, this isn't a lie. This all happens. But the scene that I actually quite like is when Cyborg shows people the pain and he's trying to get these three because they're the main characters. Everyone else can fuck off. He shows Bones like the death of his father and how, you know, he was unable to help him because I believe he's dying of like Alzheimer's or something and medicine had got so far. He Bones couldn't do anymore so we have to watch his dad die again. Kind of releases his pain. Kind of makes you more subjective to Cyborg and his beliefs. Spock's is his own birth and he gets given to his father and his father's like, oh, he's half human and kind of like discards him. He tries to do Shatner. He tries to do Kirk. He says, no, pain is who I am. Pain is with me. It's like pain shaped me who I am. So fuck off, Cyborg. Doesn't matter. You know the great barrier that no one can breach? Turns out, mate, you just go through it. <laughs> like nothing fucking happens. They just go through it. It's like, oh, all these probes, where, where did they go? Bullshit. They get their gods like this floating. He's different. <laughs> it's like this blue screen and the head just keeps showing up and it's different people. So you see him like with an iPad, implying that I think he was like kind of sending these messages out that he was God to different civilizations. Like I believe he's dressed with like a Norse God at one point. And then, then you get like the Jesus image, the God image, sorry, of long white hair, beard. And then they just, it's like, I quite like this bit as well. He's like, bring me the starship. And then Kirk's like, why does God need a starship? Bring it closer. Uh, you didn't answer his question. Why does God need something? Lightning. <laughs> so sends lightning. So someone else asked. He's like, you didn't answer his question. Lightning. Bring it closer. In the end, gets shot. Doesn't really matter. There's a Klingon in it who, who is evil, but in the end, he's kind of good. Fuck it. Don't matter. Um, it's over. It's not good. So they killed God at the end of the film. Yeah, they killed God at the end. Originally, originally the storyline that Shatner wanted to wanted to do, and the networks, the uh, the movie producers thought people won't get it. Fucking hell, was they were going to get there? And it was going to turn out to be Satan, and they all had to get out before uh, Satan opened the portal to hell. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm all about that. So that would have been different, I guess. But that would have been epic because Doctor Who they went to Satan or a version of it, yeah. like a devil. I, 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 either way, I don't think it was. I get what they're trying to do, but the last image, the last image is. The corniest thing I think that's come out of any of these is they're all kind of like in a viewing bay, kind of like a party, but like a reserve party with all the characters in it, the rescued hostages. Cyborg's dead. He sacrificed himself when he tried to fight God. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. He walks into God's eye where he meets a version of himself and they have a wrestle in lightning. I apologize. Oh, I remember that bit. Yeah. It's like, oh, he tries, to, he goes up to God. He's like, show me your pain. It's like, fucking God, shut the fuck up. Um, and there's a wheel from like an original... Enterprise, and he goes, so what do you think? Is God out there? And, and I believe Kirk says, maybe God's in here, and he points to his art. And I do remember as a kid thinking, that's quite a nice sentiment. <clears throat> However, balls, it's shit. It is the worst Star Trek film. So it's not as, it's, it's worse than It's worse than, than one. Six. six is a good film. Okay. So six. That's, that's where we're going next. Six, the undiscovered country. There's a new kind of char- a guy in charge of the Klingon Empire. You, you know, you were saying earlier, mate, that you didn't believe that why were they fighting? Well, there's a new guy. He believes, he believes, mate, he believes that there can be peace between the Federation and the Klingon Empire. Who does he want to meet? He wants to meet Captain James Tiberius Kirk. He starts off on his journey by going, I've got to go to this police. I mean, he's doing a personal log. I've got to do a, uh, I've got to do a peace summit, but I'll never forgive them for the death of my boy. So only taken three fucking films where he actually acknowledges the death of his kid. <laughs> so that's some great partnership. That's some great fatherhood there. So they meet, Basically, this gentleman is killed, the Klingon Klingon ambassador who was going to bring peace to him. The peace. I think he's the chancellor. He is the chancellor. He's the high chancellor. Mm. Um, or is he just the chancellor? He's, he's just the chancellor. No, he's high. Klingon high chancellor. Yeah, that's the chap. Yeah. Yeah. Him. 
fucking Wikipedia, did you? <laughs> no, no, I have IMDb up. Just, just um, and he gets killed. And uh, Bones, <laughs> Bones, mate, who at this basic forest together was old. Barely, he could barely walk <laughs> around. The first one. Yeah, mate. So he's he's fucking, and William Shatner are framed. So uh, basically, it's the Enterprise trying to prove their innocence while they're in a Klingon prison planet, and they've got to escape before they're assassinated by the real bad guy. So it turns out that there's a cabal, mate, of Klingons and humans that don't want the peace deal to work out. Is Kurtwood Smith? any way, shape, or form a villain because he's in this movie. You know the answer to that. Christopher Plummer's in this movie. Christopher well. Plummer is the Klingon general who spends the majority of the time. He's the he's the villain. I'd like to point out, again, he's he's a good villain. He's he's cracking. This is a good film. Uh, and I'd like to point out, when it talks about the undiscovered country, it's talking about the, other, the undiscovered country being peace because Klingons know other way than, than war. So the undiscovered country is peace and that's what they want. I, this is good from this is a return to form and they what I thought was a good way to end it like a different era I thoroughly enjoy the sixth one it's a return to form after the piss poor fifth one of if you talk about the good ones is it the weakest one yeah it's not as good as Khan it's not as good as a Voyage Home it is a good film though and is, is better than fucking five and one and a bit better than three so you're saying it goes in my head it goes two, two. four six three f- one five yeah because five is really bollocks mate he literally Takes on God. I kind of want to rewatch it. I think I am going to. Uh, Kim Cattrall's in this movie. She is because uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you if you haven't seen this one. Kim Cattrall is in this movie a lot. She's got a big part. I mean, I have seen it. I've seen it at some point in in my life because I've seen I'm, these were bigger behind. My dad's a big Star Trek fan. He's a good man. Um, he, he my dad actually surprised me when he quotes Star Trek because he doesn't really quote movies correctly ever. <laughs> but every now and again, he'll 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 kind of really articulate like a certain scene in Star Trek that like you know there's like a sciencey scene yeah you know an idea about like you say about kind of like you talked about earlier like sound traveling slower than speed of light and that kind of stuff and, and he like, talked fondly about the TV series and, and how it was kind of it, it although it was fiction and it was you know fantasy pr- science it was still there was still an element of truth to it it did do a lot of get out of jail free cars like you say with time oh, travel and bits yeah. like that but it, it was always underpinned with some some, ba- some basis of reality, yeah. yeah. No, I didn't. Theoretical, like logic, you know, or, or whatever it was. So I have seen this one at some point. So very quickly, then, because we're running out of time. How does this link in with all of the generation stuff? And um, so that's the Patrick Stewart. So that's the seventh film called Generations. Now this Did is the Generations film- a TV series come out first. Yes. So the next generation come out. It'd be gone for a few series, and then that's when they finally decided to make a. A what they call generations. Generation being obviously the old generation and the new generation forging ahead. More time you wind me, Mimbo Mumble. So the ability to time travel through something called the Nexus basically throws the two most famous uh, captains against each other. Like not Shadow not not against each other. They they both in the Nexus, which is a place where time has no meaning. And that's this is one with Mac and McDowell, isn't it? Yes. So he's trying to get back into the Nexus. Yeah, <laughs> mate. If when we get onto that, the Nexus sounds right. So the Nexus, you do whatever you want, all your fantasies come true, you create the world you live in. The Nexus sounds fucking awesome. I'm on the villain side. <laughs> so <laughs> why the fuck would you ever want to leave it? It's like, oh, reality is whatever you make it. Because his family's died, he wants to get back to him. It's like, yeah, the Nexus sounds friggin' awesome. Sign me up for the Nexus. Mm. Whoopi Goldberg's in it. But she was in the next the Star Trek Nexus, which is Gillian, the owner of uh, Deck Nine, I want to say, the bar? Forward I can't remember. I do remember that movie a lot. That that movie for me, I think, was the first one I saw. 
because I remember my dad explaining Shatner was the original. Yes. So, so when I grew up, it was um, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And then my dad being like, no, 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 no. This is like, like this, all this other stuff. And then Shatner, that guy, that older guy, who has the line in it, he's like, I, I was captain of the Starship when, when was, you were still in diapers. Yes. Has all that kind of bit in it. And my dad kind of explaining that. I, it, it, it's not good though. And then in my head, there's then one where Patrick Stewart turns into a robot. He's, so, the, so they're called the Borg. It's called the First Contact. So the Borg were an awesome villains in the Star Trek Next Generation. They do turn him into a Borg in the TV series. Right. He has nightmares about him in Star Trek First Contact, which is the next film, which is brilliant. Mm. It's a really good film. The Borg go back in time. <laughs> they try to stop humans from uh, achieving warp drive. Because that's what leads to that's hu- the Federation. Because that's yeah. what leads it. So they're trying to like it's kind of like Terminator, like go back in time and stop it from happening. However, the Enterprise also ends up going back in time, so they've got to basically they've got to like mm, you know like a bit underhanded. There's a team on the ground mm. trying to make sure that warp drive happens, and then there's a fight, and the Enterprise get taken over by robots, which is where Patrick Stewart. So how does Patrick Stewart come back from a Borg? They just do it. They do science, mate. They just un- he looked pretty robot they, they just unborg him. <laughs> is that a thing? Oh, De- actually, i just like to point out the Borg tried to like get rid of all differences, except for they didn't with Picard because of his, they made him kind of like a special unit because he was called Locutus of Borg, so he did have some of his personality, thus making it easier for them to deborg him. Can you remember that movie with Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Donald Sutherland on a boat where they're turning yeah. people into robots? I vaguely do remember that. Cyborg. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Was it called Cyborg? If not, I do know what film you're talking about. Because that, yes. that, you won't unturn from one of them, right? No. Because it was like a horror, like bits yeah. of meat were hanging out. Well, that's one of the book. The book was terrifying. As a kid, I hated the Yeah, book. I remember that iconic scene. I remember the trailer for this one because he, he showed t- Picard as... Because I think that he has a flashback. He keeps having dreams about it. But in it, it's because he... What I really like about Star Trek is it always gives you like a literary reference. Like we talked about Wrath earlier. That show that's so Shakespearean, it's crazy. the uh, The story that goes with this one is Moby Dick. Like Picard can win the fight at any point, but he genuinely hates the Borg and won't. Will do whatever he can to take it's him out. Virus, virus is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. yeah carry on. No, the, and the first contact, and then after that, it's insurrection. No, is that the one with Tom Hardy in it? No. All right. Okay. Insurrection is the worst Star Trek film of all time. Is it? Yeah, of all of them, of them all, Star Trek Insurrection is the worst. What makes it bad? Oh, do you really want me to talk about it? It's really nerdy. No, no. They go against everything. Every if, So as someone who have actively watched every... I've seen every Star Wars episode. Uh, st- uh, 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 seen every Star Trek episode. I'll put it in, mate. So I've seen the original series. I've seen Voyager. And I didn't really like Voyager. I've seen it all. I've seen Discovery. I've seen Short Trek. I've seen everything, I believe, unless there's like some sort of bootleg copy on there of something I haven't seen. Um... This one goes against something like a thousand, everything about it. Picard goes against the rules because he doesn't think it's right to relocate these people because they've got a healing power. But if you look at the timeline, there was a war going on. So Picard's actually quite selfish. He's actually a shit captain. Riker shaves off his beard, which pissed me off as well. I don't really like Data, I'll be honest. My favourite character is always Geordie LaForge, and he's barely in it. You know, it's bullshit. The villain's awful. It's F. Murray Abraham, and he's fucking awful in it. I do like F. Murray Abraham. I do, but not in this. He's, he's like he's wearing F like... stands for fabulous. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a bad... Everything's shit. And I really hate Data. I'll be honest. I liked Data started grating on me towards the end. 
And then in the fourth one... This is the Tom Hardy one. This is the Tom Hardy one. He's a clone of Patrick Stewart. Tom Hardy is? Yeah. It's Patrick Stewart wishes. <laughs> He's a clone of him because the Tal Shiar were going to replace... Um, they were going to age up so he looked like and they were going to replace Picard with this clone and this clone was going to be controlled by them. However, that that there was like a government change and instead uh, he became the president of Romulus. That's what I thought happened in that one. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say all that. Thinking about it, like, so I knew Eric Banner was in one of them. He's and, in and, the remake. He's yeah, in the... but I would have put money on it. It would have been a Patrick Stewart one because that's such an Eric Banner thing to do, isn't it? Like being <laughs> one of the earlier ones. It's so Eric Banner. Yeah, being one of the ones that everyone tries to forget, like that whole movie. He has the best... He has the, so all these villains, you know, like the most like one of the most iconic things about Star Trek is the view screen. It was like put him on view, and it's just like you're talking to a window, and there's your mate on it. Mm. And there's always like they're, they're talking in the 2009 reboot or like the reimagining or the new one is when they contact him for the first time when he comes up on screen, and just goes hello. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's my favorite introduction to a character ever. It's like hello, he's like hello, I'm Nero, <laughs> proper dick. I can't remember it. He's barely in it. Because that's not the point. They, they were setting up their universe for a yeah. reboot. It, the villain is barely in it. And the ship uh, is a mining ship, but because it's from the future, it's got more advanced technology. And I've, I really liked that. I do not like the Starship Enterprise in the three. I think it, it looks fuck awful. It looks like an iPod. James, what is the take-home message from this? Star Trek will never die. I think Star Trek is a... Uh, rotation thing i think it dips it dips in popularity it you know we loved it in the 70s we had a dip and then in the mid 90s we had star trek next generation deep space nine voyager they all led from there was a continued star trek presence forever dipped then um it's back again discovery you know it's something that we as fans fall in love with time and time again i don't think you'll ever stop trekkies just like you'll never stop star wars as there's something about sci-fi that's imaginative the takeaway from star trek is it, it's science-based, and I quite like that. I quite like it. it's not cowboys. I enjoy cowboys in space, but sometimes the fourth film, there is no villain. It's something about, it's based on your presumptions. It's based on your reality. There's, is there science one more jumbo? Yes, but it's science-celebrated, and that's a great thing. It it makes me feel, it makes me feel good that I'm not the only one that thinks like that. I do identify as a Trekkie, but at the same time, I identify as whatever you'd call like massive fans of the TV series Monk. I don't think they're exclusive. I think monkers. Can, it's monkers. I'm a, I'm a monker. Um, I love Star Star Trek. I love Star Wars. There's there's something quite satisfying about Star Trek. It's like it's like a what it's like. As a kid, it was like it was good to know that there was others out there that liked this mumbo jumbo like me. Mm. And I and that's carried on at my age as well. I, I really enjoy. I enjoy. I enjoy when people get really passionate about it. I'm not one of those, but it's nice to see sometimes. Yeah. Does that sound weird? Like CrossFitters. You know, there are those people that go to the absolute extreme, but it's nice to know that there's people out there that care that much. Does that make sense? Yeah. You apply it to any aspect of life. I don't know what the answer to your question was. <laughs> Did I answer it? Yes. Good. I. It's been a pleasure to hand over the captain's chair this week, James. Thank you. To uh, James T. Woozy. Oh, thank you. Tiberius. Tiberius, that was it. <laughs> um... Yeah, that was really. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I'm, this isn't my wheelhouse, and certainly wasn't something that I thought. Fucking, I've got to. I, I think when you go down the rabbit hole trying to research for this, and you know, for a podcast, this is one I could never have done justice if you gave me six months to do it. So I always, I already feel like a fraud because I know that I've forgotten to mention something. Mm. You know, we, we haven't talked about like so many different things about it, but we can't do it justice. You, you and I are like amateurs. We do this for fun. Mm. You're right. You could have done six months. And I feel like I put too much in. 
And, uh, you know, I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I've enjoyed myself. I've enjoyed listening to you speak with passion. I think I think any podcast where someone clearly is talking about something that they love, that they're passionate about, that is infectious. Um, you know, it's better than us just talking about a movie that we thought was fucking bang average. It's, I, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's, it's been a pleasure, actually, revisiting it. And I have, as I said at the top of the episode, there's something this week about when everyone's gone to bed in this house and I've just sat on the sofa and I've just rejoined that group in the bridge. I don't really care about the story. It was more just, they you will never be able to recreate. And the Star Trek isn't exclusive on this, but there are certain films from certain eras you could not create now. Yeah. It, it either broke down barriers and, and kind of showed audiences something new, such as like, say so the interracial casting, um, or it's just because it had a, a silky tone to the whole thing. And fuck knows who cleans the Enterprise because they do a banging job. You, you do make that point every week. I do, mate. Honest to God, if Simon Pegg's the kind of person that would write a film about the cleaner of the Enterprise who's just finished cleaning it when Kirk fucking steals it to go on a renegade mission <laughs> and they were in the bog. You in a lot of fucking absolute bastard. Yeah. But I, 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 yeah, I do. There was something really nice about revisiting and just settling into their movies. Good, bad, you know, whatever it was. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure to talk about. And I'm sure at some point in the future, you want to Star Trek too much, we can talk about the next generation's ones. Yeah, I, I will do the Kirk ones at some point. There's no way in how I'm gonna be able to do TV series. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, Khan in the vault. I would love to put the Khan in the vault, and I was thinking Khan in the vault, maybe the maybe the Enterprise itself. Yeah, the ship. The yeah, ship, no doubt, and its crew. Yeah, it's, there you go. Vaulted, protected forever. That is this week's episode. Next week, um, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> We all will have. It's certainly going to be a different week. It's going to be, we won't be able to talk about whales and stuff like that. Maybe some livers. Yeah, we'll have him around for dinner. That is our show this week. Uh, if you liked it, don't forget to like, subscribe. You get a new episode each and every week. And if you can go that extra mile for us um, by leaving a review or sharing any of our posts with your friends or anyone that you know listens to podcasts, that would be absolutely great. Other than that, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Make it so.